Welcome back. We're here. Z105. Just kidding, everybody. We are here for another episode of Libations for Everyone. We are, uh, for those of you that are not in the Minnesota area or the Texas area or most of the South, we are hopefully nearing the end of some cold weather as we are freezing our way through this. But for now, we're going to warm it up with some, uh, some deliciousness in our bellies. But before we get to that, I am one of the co-hosts here, Ben Kwam. I'm sitting across a two giant circle table distance away from Charles. It's less creative, but it's that more wasn't, true. Yeah, that wasn't very creative. <laughs> <laughs> two giant circle tables. Everything table. that I wanted to say was actually worse. So <laughs> okay. we're just going to go with that. But, uh, Were you going to say the tables look like boobs? Yeah, I was going to say some 2D titties. Uh, <laughs> but then I thought it was going to sound like 2D titties. And then, <laughs> then again, I yeah. don't know what that means. We've completely derailed before it started. Okay. Uh, Charles, how are you today? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. Feeling like some 3D titties. Yes, yes. Is that, <laughs> is that a thing now? Did I just I, start something <laughs> terrible? Charles, my eyes are up here. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm really glad that we're starting out this way. Uh, we God. haven't even really gotten to the drinking yet, which is the best part. No. Uh, Charles, do you want to talk about what you're sipping on today? Yeah, actually. So we're drinking some peace offering cold press stout from prize brewing company it's a collaboration beer with peace coffee here in minneapolis two minneapolis based uh, organizations as you know full disclosure i work with prize brewing company they're a client of mine this thing's been in the works for quite some time so we're pretty excited that i have this sweet matted black can in my hand and this is actually the first time i've tried this canned batch and it's drinking wonderfully. Yeah. Just very lightly roasty because I hate over-roasted uh, coffee beers or really any stouts. And the quality of that Yeti cold press blend that uh, Peace has been producing for many years Which is so good. really shines in there. So it's I'm, I'm so pumped about this. And depending when you're listening to this, it may already be out. But if you're listening to this the week of release, this comes out in the prize brewing tap room uh, in North Minneapolis this weekend and we'll be releasing in stores in four pack 16 ounce cans on february 22nd yeah this is pretty damn delightful uh, as a uh, uh, admitted cold pressed junkie this hits all those notes that i love it's got that beautiful deep kind of roast flavor but then it also has some of those chocolate notes it's got mm-hmm. some of that nuttiness that i love and honestly like peace coffee is just a great company anyway absolutely so i love i love seeing them getting a little bit more uh notoriety too yeah because uh, it's it's always good Never yeah, disappoints. Been wonderful to work with great people and good humans awesome coffee for sure yeah. great great people fantastic people speaking of good humans yep we do have an incredible <laughs> human sitting with us today who brought one hell of a bottle for us to sip on as well uh, she has, uh, much like me, has had very distinctly different careers, uh, but has managed to kick ass at all of them, unlike me. And uh, yeah, so uh, would you like to introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are and what you do? Hello, everybody. I'm Melly Morozak. I've known Ben for, God, how long has it been? Gross. 12 years? Yeah, 17 m- years? Lots. I don't know. <laughs> the Many good years. Ones, the good I've year. known Charles for years, but this is the first time we've actually officially <laughs> said hello to yeah. each other. So now we're hello get drunk again. Together. I know. Hi. This, the podcast brings people together. That's it what's does. up. <laughs> We're in the same room all the time, but never talk to each other. Uh, what what bottle did you bring for the sippage? I brought the El Tesoro Tequila, the Extra Anejo. Mm-hmm. It's a delicious, delicious one from Jalisco, Mexico. Probably one of my favorite tequilas. For those of you listening out there, I'm just laying on the floor cuddling with the box. <laughs> I don't even have the bottle. I'm just cuddling with the box. It's uh, a pretty box. Yeah. It smells incredible. Oh, this is so good. 
It's Can't like wait. just smelling from the cup to me from this distance. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm going to love this so much. Mm. And I think for those of you out there that aren't giant tequila fans, I actually had this discussion <sighs> earlier today, completely unexpected. Um, I, I, I think that tequila has the worst rap out of all of the spirits for turning people off before they had good stuff. It's one of those things sure. that like, it's such a leap from shitty stuff to good stuff in quality, yes. not in price, but in quality from like the rail, the tequila flavored liqueur. Right. When to, you're in college like, to do that. Yeah. To actual shots. stuff. And I mean, this was the spirit that took me the longest to come around on because I was so trepidatious from stupid shit that I had done, by the way. I cannot blame Jose Cuervo for Chugging any of Cuervo. my... Yeah. Mm. Yep. Like having a shot contest with somebody after eating an entire pizza, that's not the tequila's fault. That's my fault. I just associated because I didn't have a problem with pizza. <laughs> I had a problem with tequila and I blame that. Wait, who made the pizza? Gary's Pizza. Okay. In St. Joseph, Minnesota. If you were going to say nobody off pizza is the hot, I was going to say that sounds oh, like that, that whole sounds scenario like sounds like a nightmare. Right <laughs> no, uh, we, we had a, a wonderful friend uh, who was a assistant manager at the Gary's Pizza in St. Joseph, Minnesota. Right near our college, who we pestered and bothered to let us have, like, our custom pizzas at the end of the night. And so, if I remember this correctly, there was literally, like, a pound and a half of sausage and a pound and a half of cheese on this. And then we crushed it. And then we're like, tequila drinking contest. Horrible idea. So, I blamed tequila wrongly for years for that. And then it turned out all I had to do was just have a good one. Were you shooting out sausage like a paintball gun? (laughs) Uh it it's uh it is still referred to it is still referred to by two gentlemen as the quamining uh because they couldn't figure out how I managed to get vomit at eye level on all four walls of their bathroom. Oh. And then fall backwards into the bathtub and I go was to sleep. Ask about the bathtub situation. Yeah, yeah. I knew that was going to be coming. Yeah. And uh the visual of this is very entertaining. Yeah, it was there was You ripped the curtain down to you? No, no. Oh, no, that would have been that no. would have made it even yeah. more fun. Blanky. I did. Uh, no, I did grab a uh, I did grab a shampoo <laughs> bottle as a pillow. Oh yeah. And that was that was where that went. That was when Your uh, friend doesn't give you a pillow blanket. Yeah, no, they were too busy cleaning up this fucking right. exorcist oh, level of vomit that I expounded <laughs> on their walls. It was, yeah, I'm not proud of that one. I still, there's a lot of, like, dumb, like, I've referred to as Chris Farley shit on this, on this show before. That's one I, I honestly still feel guilty about. Uh, the, the young woman who dared me into the shot contest, I found out later, just wanted to see how far I'd go with it because she was throwing them over her shoulder and I wasn't noticing. So she actually helps <laughs> clean it up. Okay. And so when you wake up and somebody who you were kind of trying to, like, flirt with is then cleaning up your vomit because she feels bad for getting Ooh. you to that point. Oh like, there was no chance of anything ever happening, but then I just felt so awful that I had even, like, put another person in that situation because I'm so fucking stupid. Uh, but, yeah, so <laughs> don't, uh, don't drink a half a bottle of tequila shortly after eating an entire Gary's pizza. You don't tell me what to do. <laughs> don't yeah. tell me about this, this devil woman. I actually did that once, but with Jägermeister, I was trying to impress yep. a man that I was attracted to and it didn't work out as you can see because i'm not married to him but um that's i can't go back to yag yet i just cannot isn't it funny when you try and reframe that like situations reversed now like if you were watching somebody just crush an awful spirit they didn't like Mm -hmm. trying to like prostrate themselves in front of you like how sad that is and then you realize you're like oh no i did that i was that was me man yeah that reminds me of the jagermeister hot dog yeah exactly Uh, Mm -hmm. 
Oh, that's... <laughs> Shivers. <laughs> uh, but thank God uh, I will never be 18 again, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, Good thing for that. <laughs> thank God. Uh, you know, we, we don't really go over the whole thing again, but Charles, do you want to just give a quick little synopsis in case anybody's tuning in from yeah, one we... of the legions of Melly's fans? For sure. We haven't really been Huge. talking about it much of late. We try to quip on it as we're kind of going along, but essentially what we do is we take a shot. We present a topic of conversation, a buzzer goes off in 10 minutes, which we usually ignore, and then we take another shot and present another topic of conversation for a minimum of six shots and six topics of conversation. Boom. So, Ms. Melly, are you ready? I am ready. Well, then let's take a shot of this incredibly delicious smelling Estranejo. Fuck me. That is so good. So smooth. Oh my god! Wow, that's beautiful. Nice and peppery. Yeah, but then Ooh. then that that vanillin over the top is just like a soft down comforter. Right. Oh, mm. Mm. is wanna, it time for another already? <laughs> I want to like dip my pinky and put it behind my ears and just have you that as like a yourself with yeah. it. You uh, can make a little, you know. Oh yeah, there we go. <laughs> Perfect day for it. Yeah, exactly. yeah right. Uh, we'll leave that for all of our video watchers at yeah. home. <laughs> um, all right, so I wanted to start it off. Uh, I love watching you post some of the stuff that you cook at home. We are also both uh, love to cook at home. You know, amateur at home chefs that really kind of like to make good stuff. And one of the things that I hear on a very regular basis uh, when people look at my social media or whatever is this implied idea that it's really hard to make things that are good. And there are things that we all make that are very complicated and take a lot of time, but there's also a bunch of shit that I love that's not that hard. Is there, like, when you need some good food that you love, is there an easy recipe that's like a go-to that you could just sort of like, you don't have to give amounts or anything, but like just give somebody a walkthrough on this is how easy it is. I mean, my go-to is my grandma's, Sugu as sauce in Italian, recipe and meatballs. Oh. And it does take a while because you do have to let it simmer and cook all the spices and everything in there. But once I learned, once she showed me how to do it, it's, it's simple ingredients like tomato paste, tomato sauce. You can use fresh. You can use canned. Throw in a bunch of spices, a little bit of love, some sugar. Um, and then the meatballs, just, you know, using whatever, whatever you want in a meatball, you know. How Turkey, you- pork. Beef, you name it, you can put it in there. Ooh, girl, roll it into a ball, and it's a meatball. Do you are you a are you a pan fryer of the meatball? Are you a baker? Are you a put them Ooh. in raw and let them sit in the sauce and cook? I used to put them in raw and let them cook, but I do like that little crispiness to it. If I throw it in the pan, throw mm-hmm. it in the oven, and then putting the juice and the grease into the sauce too to kind of give it that extra extra amount of the, of meatball juice. Unctuous meatball fat. juice, everybody. Unctuous fat is also yes. my Dick Tracy villain name. Get all that fond. <laughs> yeah, the fond. That that's fond. that's a lot nicer way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how long do you let that red sauce go? Couple hours, nice. two, three minimum. Like minimum, hours, minimum, minimum two, three, yeah. and then you sit there and just cry a little bit because you want to eat it and yeah, you can keep eat, putting the spoon in, burning your mouth through your whole fucking house. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Oh, like, it's so good. Uh, again, with everybody, I understand like we live in a society where time is not valued and everything is, is crunched and it's rush, rush, rush. The best thing about doing that is you will give yourself the greatest mm-hmm. like perfume potpourri for your house 
for days. Absolutely. It will just smell. 100%. Ugh, I love that. I love that smell. Yeah. Are you a, a, a like a, a dry spaghetti noodle? Are you a like a, a fresh pasta person? Are you a... I'm not great at making the fresh pasta. My sister got that knack. She got the baking knack and then like she bakes bread. She has four, five children. Crap. She's awful. Five kids now. And she just, you know, she can't afford store bread because she has so many children. <laughs> She's got to make it on her own. No, she got, like, the best. Like, I'm sorry, I'm just, I hope I'm, you're not listening, Katie. I'm just picturing your sister walking around like Streganona, yes. like, just over a pot with never-ending pasta coming Get in the here, kids. kids. Hungry. It's the ready. Hungry. No, she got that knack. So I have, I do store-bought I, I'm on a gluten-free kick, and I've actually find, found a few different brands that are pretty... They, they cook well enough. They don't, like they chickpea don't pasta? smush up. What's that? Chickpea pasta? Do you do that No, I've tried that. No, that fa- um, you're not a fan. Gave my stomach a little, <laughs> a little rumbly. Oh, really? Little <laughs> I was like, girl. well, there. Uh, one of them is... Na- I think it's called Jovial, I think is the name. Sure. And they have like an egg, an egg taliente type one, and then they have... Like a really good penne, and it doesn't nice. like get that like some of you know how some of like the rice ones get like that smushiness, and then ugh. so I found that. But um, that's yeah, awesome. and my friends really like it when I make sauce and stuff shells and stuff like that. So nice stuff shells. I had a I just head. had a text conversation no, with no. Uh, a good friend of mine, and we literally we resorted to just onomatopoeia of swooning about stuff shells. Yep, because he was just like, oh my god. So much cheese, and then it was so much mm. cheese. And then I tried to do the, <laughs> which was just a, a UA, and then a bunch of GHs. I feel like it kind of got kinda, there. Yeah. And then we just kept trading different spellings of like what we wanted to say because that was it. I just wanted stuff shells that bad. I know. Oh. The greatest thing about us, you can just like meatballs. You can just throw whatever you want in there. Yeah. And they're going to be good if you have the good sauce. That's going to be good and enough cheese. Time, time is the key. Yes. When, when you put it on noodles, this is a very a defining character for a lot of people. Are you a tons of sauce, not a lot of noodles person? Or are you a, like, a lot of noodles, scoop of sauce in the middle, so there's like a little sauce on everything? Ooh. I need sauce on everything. And we also got yelled at as children if we didn't completely wipe the bowl clean of our grandmother's sauce our grandfather would be like yeah take a piece of bread slap it in there use your tongue i don't care you gotta get it all out of there and so to this day i I judge people when they don't finish the stuff in their bowl and i'm like really i'll give it to my dog at that point i'm like here lick this bowl i will say if if you don't provide some sort of a a bread situation for me to do that with it's it's very frustrating. It's uncomfortable for me to watch you yeah, lick it, the bowl. Lick the bowl. If turn I'm around, a, use a finger. Just turn around. I gladly will. It the just swiper. depends on where sauce I'm. Sauce swiper. Yeah, the sauce swiper. Exactly. I think index, about how, index finger my foot. It's called the sauce go. wiper. How many things? How many things have I touched since the last time I washed my hands? Not enough to make not me not want to do this. We're glad. Uh, Charles, what about you? As you can imagine, I have a lot of recipes that. I, I have in my repertoire. I don't repeat recipes a lot, but one of when when you pose this question, one that occurred to me, it's because a friend of mine recently, several days ago, was shopping at a seafood market, and he got a couple things. He got some ahi tuna, and he got some halibut, and was inquiring with me about, hey, what, what should I do with these? And one of my favorite go-to dishes, also Italian, 
is roasted halibut with polenta cakes and a caper-based primavera red sauce with basil and lemon. It's just, it's it's so simple, and it's very, it, it just makes you feel so good when it's, especially when it's cold out, but you can eat that in the summer too. Yeah. If you want, you can get the log of polenta from the store and just sear it in a pan with butter, and it looks yeah. like you did a lot of work, but you didn't do a fucking thing. Or if you want, you can make polenta and then set it in a pan and then cut out squares or, or circles with a ring mold and then saute that with some butter, roast some halibut, you know, get like six, six to eight ounce portions. 450 for 15 minutes plumps it up really nice i like to put a little ring of lemon right on top of it so that the lemon gets roasted as well for sure and then take some beautiful fresh basil and put that right on top and then the uh the the sauce is similar thing where i'll use uh you know canned tomatoes tomato paste uh, oregano basil garlic onion um, salt pepper olive oil and capers, and then a lot of the caper juice, too. That's like, it's such a small thing. I always put capers in my red sauce now because I started making this recipe like mm-hmm. 10, 12 years yeah. ago, and it's very much like a uh, a go-to for cooking for a lady. That was like a, such a simple thing to do, but always impressive. And I, when I started making red sauce with the capers in it, I was like, dude, capers in the red sauce, that little pop of salinity... And like slight florality is incredible, and you pour some of the juice in. A little again, je ne sais quoi. We were doing this last episode, but just a little effect to the sauce that is just different from the status quo. That gives it like a new layer, and then you add the lemon for citrus. It's just really beautiful altogether. Well, and for those of you that were listening in the last episode, we talked a little bit about like good fish sauce, but like. Again, it's a different way of achieving some salts in something that gives it a little bit of a different turn. Mm-hmm. You know, the that brininess that you get from capers with a little hint of, like, that pickle in there. Like, right. the way that that plays, it, like you said, it's the je ne sais quoi. It's the thing that you can't figure out what it is, so you just keep eating because yeah. you want to try and figure exactly. it out. Ugh. Right, and capers go so well with seafood. So when you get a little bite of the sauce with a nice, flaky, juicy piece of the halibut... And you taste that little pop with the fish. Yes. You're like, ooh, what was that? Damn. Also, for any of you out there that have uh, maybe not had, uh, not gotten halibut before, for sure go look at what it looks like as a fish first. Because <laughs> yeah. it's so. so comical that something that ugly could taste so as good ugly. as it does. It is a dumb fish. <laughs> it's a, a dumb-looking dumb fish. fish. That's, that, that's like a oops, we, we had extra parts left over, let's make it a thing. Yeah, the guy who tried it for the first time must have been like, God damn it, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> at least it's big, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for me... I think the thing that I talk to people the most about is just making your own chicken stock and chicken broth. Uh, We've talked about before, I really, really love um, just a good, very straight-up French-style roast chicken. You know, a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt and pepper, maybe a little bit of lemon and herbs. That's about it. But even if you just are going to the store and you're picking up one of those rotisserie chickens and you're bringing it home because it's easy and it's fast and you can make something, Mm -hmm. take that carcass... And throw it in a pot with a bunch of water and then carrots and celery and garlic and onion and uh, all I'll throw, of the garlic. Yeah. Put I'll the throw, whole thing of garlic put, in there. Stop, Please. Stop when you think it's enough garlic and then double it. Yes. And that's probably enough garlic. It's enough garlic. And then uh, a bunch of dill fronds. I love dill fronds in my, in my chicken stock. And then Ooh, let really? that simmer. Yeah. Um, I have not tried that yet. Let it simmer down and uh, 
really then you can use it what I love about that is then you can use it for anything mm -hmm. you can use it to help as a cooking liquid for other things you can use it to cook pasta to give it a little bit more kind of depth of flavor in the pasta um, I love to yeah, take always use stock when you can instead of water yeah yes. cooking farro or something or oh. quinoa quinoa throw this stock yeah quinoa is flavorless unless you imbue it with a ton of flavor yeah. so why not use stock especially homemade holy shit like israeli couscous same thing like yeah i couldn't stand it until i had it cooked in stock and i'm like oh they're it, little sponges it tastes like a thing that's <laughs> and it amazes nice. people that that try it for the first time they're like why haven't i been doing this it's just yeah. it's the easiest thing yeah it's so simple and then you know you can use that if you do a little bit of like shoyu tare which is just you know brown sugar mirin soy sauce cook that down you pour that in the bottom of a bowl and you pour that on top and now you have a really nice bowl of ramen if you want to go mm -hmm. that direction if you uh save some of the fat drippings from the chicken when you make it if you make it then you can use that to make matzo balls and you can do matzo ball soup you can do your own chicken noodle soup i will straight up tell you one of the things that always got me, save your schmaltz yeah you gotta save the schmaltz save another t-shirt <laughs> no, that's not a semi-honking at you. That's our siren for today. Excuse me. <laughs> Pardon me. It must have been the mix. That's the schmaltz horn. Yes. Um, but literally, you have a versatile toy that you can do whatever you want with. And I love having that. And then you feel like you used, you kind of recycle something. You've already eaten it once. Yeah. You can use that again. And then we just, literally, we throw... Uh, quarts of it in our freezer do you keep eggs in your freezer for the odds and ends of animals you butcher keep eggs no bags, bags. of like yes. chicken bags. chicken backs and necks yep. and yep there's yep, always that's the way um, to go. there's always uh like i just have a permanent marker stems and, yeah all and kinds of stuff i'll just wrap something up um i currently have a shoulder blade from a pig that's still got a bunch of meat on it and i'm gonna make that with um, some neck bones i'm gonna make that into I some can. pork stock um, yeah Love doing that. And it's, Lovely. again, it's just so easy because you already have the stuff. Before you throw it away, just simmer it with some delicious vegetables, and then you have something that you can use to create a bunch of other dishes. My so. coworker, I'm going to call her Hambone Amy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't kill me. Good old Hambone. She, she became obsessed over quarantine and the past year about making whole hams. Like she'd go to the, what's the butcher oh, shop cool. in Robbinsdale? Uh, Hack and Mueller. Hack. She loves their hams. Shout out to y'all. But she would give me the bones and the carcasses of it, and I would make stock out of that and then soup, and it turned out delicious. Oh, it's so Beautiful. Good. Ham water. Yeah. I Just mean, suck it down. That's it. Yeah. You know, um, I, if you ever are at, um, it's usually at like an, an Asian grocery store, but they'll have, you know, oxtails and beef neck bones. Like, you throw that in, and you will have a little bit of basically vegetables and a, a little bit of star anise a little bit of clove, and you'll have the most amazing pho broth ever. Mm -hmm. And then keep that in your freezer, and then grab some basil when you're on your way home, grab some jalapenos, grab some bean sprouts, and grab, honestly, just a small steak, and you can straight cut it right into that and let the broth cook it. I mean, it's, there's so many different ways to do that. and We could talk about this for yeah. hours. <laughs> yeah, I, make, I make five gallons of smoked turkey stock every Thanksgiving, oh. and then I have tons of it left yes. over. Use it to make gravy and yep. for all the other accoutrements. But then I have a ton of it in my freezer. And my favorite leftover dish to make for Thanksgiving when you strip all the meat off of the turkey's carcass is turkey wild rice soup with smoked turkey yeah. with uh, smoked turkey stock. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. And you can go to the grocery. You don't have to smoke your own turkey. I've done it before, but you don't have to. Go to the grocery store. They have smoked turkey necks, drummies, and wings. Just grab two, three packs of those and throw it into your stock. And it's a crazy amount of flavor Damn. that's contained within those. 
but we got tequila to drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Can we also all agree that any recipe with garlic in it should not tell you how much to put in yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. So come on, two cloves? Yeah, like everybody out there, if there's <laughs> one, like, like a couple episodes ago, we talked about like salt more than you think you should because that's how it'll taste good. Garlic, garlic more garlic. than you think. Garlic yeah. double. Or just, you know, you yeah. know what garlic tastes like. But I have friends who will make a recipe, and they're like, well, it says three cloves, so I'm going to use three. Put them all like, in. They don't know how big they are. They don't know how potent they are. <laughs> just fucking chop the garlic. Cheers. God. Oh, it's like it's like it gets better. It really that does. That is good enough does. to drink. It does. Mm. Good enough to drink. Uh, Mr. Awad. Oh, hey, that's me. Who? Let me see. Let me see what the question is. Oh. Well... Melly, do you believe that some top shelf spirits are better left outside of a cocktail and enjoyed on their own? Or do you believe there are no rules when it comes to that? That is a great question for someone in the spirits industry. What? What? I mean, for a tequila like this, I would not fuck with it and put it in a margarita. Unless, you know, it was all fresh juices and stuff like that. So I think there are some that I would not... Like, I'm not going to throw 18-year Japanese whiskey or scotch into a cocktail. I have a friend who has an old-fashioned, and he does the glass with Laphroaig. doesn't matter what age it is. He just rinses it with Laphroaig and Mm. dumps it out. (laughs) Come on. I know. I was like, that's how you know you have so much money. (laughs) Go ahead. You're just tired of all these piles of cash everywhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) So there are some situations where I'd say, I don't know, it's, there's specific ones, no. This, but this extra anejo, don't, don't fuck with it. Don't put it in a... Please don't. Please don't. Don't put it with this beautiful Surly Supreme tart ale. Well, girl. Uh, but no, otherwise I think just mess around with it. I mean, if someone's going to have a $25 cocktail on their menu and they want to do that, go for right. it. It's probably going to be delicious, especially if you know how to make it. There's so many people in this town that... I know would do wonderful with that, um, but I don't think there's any rules. No, just do it. I'm not going to buy a $40 cocktail, but go for it. Some people will. Yeah. Uh, can I tell a bad story that involves a bad impression, Charles? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, it wouldn't be libations for everyone if you didn't. <laughs> My, I, I, wish, I wish the whole world could have met this guy. Uh, he has moved away from Minnesota, never had social media. I don't know where he is. He's, I, I honestly think he's like a legend that never really existed. And if I ever found his childhood home, there would be like an old man next door whittling and be like, oh, that house burned down 55 years ago. <laughs> and like, it never, he never existed. Sounds like a movie Marnie watches. He was, yeah, exactly. He, uh, he was this massive dude. Uh, his name was Paul. He's my size. He had big, thick Drew Carey glasses. And uh, he worked at a steakhouse in downtown Minneapolis. And he would, like, mess with his glasses. It was, it was a big show when he would do his, his whole thing. And uh, one night after work, I ran into him, and we were all just bullshitting, telling stories. And he had come up uh, in a steakhouse in Vegas. That was his, like, where he cut his teeth. So... He, he'd always tell this story, and I'm so glad I got to hear it because the, the theatrics involved. I wish you guys could see how large my my arms want to move, but he'd be like, "All right, Quam, here's the deal. There I was bartending by myself, day shift in Vegas, shitty shift, but you know what? You get to play at night, so you do what you do. But one day, I got legends on either side of me, 
On one hand, the mailman himself, Carl Malone. He's on one side of the bar. All the way on the other side of the bar, who's there? The great one, Wayne Gretzky, just hanging out. Carl Malone orders himself a Macallan 18 and Coke. Wayne Gretzky on the other side, who's just hanging out reading a paper, looks up when he hears him, says, why would you do that, Carl? Why, <laughs> why would you do that? Carl Malone, the mailman himself, on time with everything, looks right across the bar at the great one and says, because I can, Wayne, because I fucking can. Boom. He told that story all the time. <laughs> and there's a little fuck you piece of me that loves the, I know I shouldn't do this, but yeah. I can do this. Right. So I'm going to do this. <laughs> and I want to pretend that I'm better than that. But uh, at my bachelor party, we opened a bottle of Old Fitzgerald 1971. And uh, it took about two hours before there were Manhattans being made with it. And why not? It's going to happen. It was fun. It I think the only thing that I would say personally is try if it's a if it's any spirit, try it first, especially if it's a nice spirit. Try it by itself first. Try and think about what's going on inside of it. Try and think about like, what do you like about it? And then if you want to mix something with it, what do you want to add to that that's going to make it taste better? And if the question or if the answer is, I just want that cocktail, it doesn't matter what spirit's in it, then go buy something cheaper and save that for nice stuff. But if, yeah, if you bought it, it's yours. Yeah. And if it's Mountain Dew, don't do it. Yeah. But <laughs> please, please don't. Please don't. Please don't do that. Again, college. <laughs> you don't recommend Yamazaki 18 and Mountain and Dew? Mountain Dew. Maybe one of the flavored Mountain Dews, but not just... Oh, okay. Not Code just Red? The, no. yeah. Code Red, yeah. for sure. Code Red, for Game sure. Game Fuel. Let's do this. Yeah. <laughs> Baja Blast. Baja. Oh, man. A color that doesn't exist in nature? Let's mix no. that up. Let's do this. But yeah, I, I <laughs> We invented a color and a beverage. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, think, I think that there's... like if, you, if you're pulling something out of there and you really want to add to that or if you made a syrup and you think it would brighten it up or that then okay you yeah. know if you if you have something that you want to make i have made i have made a vesper with a nice gin before and i thought it was a sure. better vesper than it was with like a macro gin i really like that i prefer the gin by itself but we were making martinis and i didn't have any more gin and i thought well i i still really wanted a vesper i like that yeah. but I, I couldn't picture, after two sips of this now, I could not picture doing anything to that tequila. So for me, like a gin, I know there are amazing gins that are higher priced too, but for me, a gin is not meant to be sipped. I feel like it's meant to be made into a cocktail no matter the price of it. Sure. Are you, do you feel that way or did you feel bad about Yeah, I think whatever? it's exceptional a lot of the time. Yeah. yeah. A gin or a vodka. Gin or vodka. Mm -hmm. I, sure. used to, I used to feel that way until I really got into Akavit and then I realized like how much of the Venn diagram it overlaps with gin because I drink Akavit on the rocks almost exclusively. Okay. The only thing that I'll usually mix that with is um, lemonade in the summer or a, like a fruited shrub in soda water. Um, but Berry Blast Mountain Dew. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, here, here's the deal. Get a bottle of Baja Blast Mountain Dew really cold. Yeah. You pour oh, it yeah. into a glass. Then you take a spoon and you slowly pour gin on top of it <laughs> Get about an inch of gin, and then you slam the whole cup, and the gin will go down before you even taste it, and then you'll just drink the Mountain Dew, and then you get fucked up. 
Nice. That is a public service announcement from okay. 19-year-old Yeah. Ben or boil the Baja Blast and ruin a pot. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> She'll have a really sweet syrup. You'll have wow, to buy a new pot, but... <laughs> why, is <it> sent- <laughs> why is it sentient? <laughs> uh, Charles, what's your, what's your theory on that one? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you, you buy the bottle, it's your bottle, right? So I, I don't infringe on anyone's ability to do what they like with the things that they spent their hard-earned money on. Uh, what do they call it? There's a name for it. It's like the, like a pilot's menu. You know what I'm talking about? Captain's talking? list? Is it, is it captain? I didn't know if it was pilot or captain. I couldn't remember. But, yeah, there are bars who have, like, the captain's list, and you have your old-fashioned with Pappy 15. Like, really? It right. just seems irresponsible. But I can understand if you're the bar and you want that two ounces to go as far as it can go, and you're going to sell this cocktail for $120, why not? If the other ingredients are exotic, that's fine. I found... Personally, I've used really nice whiskeys, nothing quite that nice, but I've used Old Rip in uh, a Manhattan or an Old Fashioned and discovered the, uh, here, I'll use baseball terminology, war, right? Mm-hmm. Wins above replacement. Yep. How much better is this than if I had used Buffalo Trace mm-hmm. or Eagle Rare, um, Elijah Craig? It's, it's not that much better because you're diluting the flavors. Yep that are so unique to that product and the reason that that product is, is so expensive. So for me, I, I don't dabble. I do agree that doing it with a gin or a vodka, I'll, I'll sip gin. Like, I'll sip really good gin. I'm not a gin guy, but I like barrel-aged gins, and I will sip, like, a cedar gin from Vicray or, uh, you know, uh, oak-aged gin from Tattersall. I will sip those, but I also really enjoy those products in, like, a G&T. I like that G&T more than... A regular GNT, but for like super high level gins, I'm no connoisseur. I know that uh, a, a local restaurant does like a very expensive uh, derivative of a GNT with this gin that is really hard to come by. I can't think of the name, I haven't looked it up. That I can totally understand. If you're gonna like ask for $60 right. for a GNT, you may as well, you know, accomplish it that way as opposed to having that that luxury bottle behind the bar that sits up on the mantle that people stare at and you frequently make more expensive than anybody can afford. So it stays there and people can see that it's behind your bar. I, I, yeah, that's, I guess that's my philosophy is that, Hey, go for it. I, yeah. I'd rather not. Cause for me, the perfect, the perfect old fashioned or Manhattan has sometimes even pedestrian seeming bottles. Like, Old Overholt or, you know, things, things like uh, uh, Jim Beam Rye, stuff that I actually wouldn't just sit so by good. itself, but I would mix, I would blend and put into an old-fashioned, like the parlor old-fashioned, mm-hmm. and suddenly they're the sum of their parts. All those things go so well together that now it's, oh, cool, like this is so palatable in a way that it wasn't previously. I wouldn't supplant those with... You know, William LaRue Weller. <laughs> like, that would just be <laughs> so irresponsible to me. Yeah. Well, in your swag bag that I brought, <laughs> there is a nice Japanese gin in there for you to try. Oh, what is it? I it's, didn't look in it's there. It's Suntory Roku. Oh, it's so gin. good. Oh, man, it's I'm so beautiful. excited because I've been stuff. wanting to experiment with Japanese gins You're since love so it. many more are being produced. And I want to get, yeah, there's, there's a few that I've been, I've been wanting to, to experiment with. So that's exciting. Yeah. It's, uh, it's funny, actually. I hadn't really thought about this, even as we were talking about that question, until you brought up the gin and tonic thing. Um, my favorite cocktail of 2019 was um, Rest in Peace in Bloom in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, they had a, a, a gin and tonic 
with uh, Gin Mare from Spain and their house-made tonic. And then they, um, the garnish was the four or five major flavors that were in the gin. Nice. So it was like a few coriander seeds, a few mustard seeds, a dill frond. Um, there was something else. Excuse Whoa. me. Pardon me. <laughs> um, but it was, when you got the bouquet, you smelled everything in very, very intense sense that you were about to taste. And I loved that combo of being able to inhale that. Now, that was, that was a very expensive cocktail. And uh, most bars would not be able to find a margin for that. But given what they were already doing there, it fit into the program. And I still think about that drink. Shout out to Ainsley. I was going to uh, say, do you want to call him up and yeah. see if we can get that? I, nice. get him to I honestly really should. Um, and that's something else really fun to do is look at, look at the flavors that are involved in the spirits that you like and, f- and find those scents. You know, we did uh, when Bombay Sapphire East first came out. Uh, we did like a sensory uh, panel with it and we just looked up what the herbs and spices were in it and yeah. then we laid them out and smelled them in a glass and then tried the gin and you can notice those notes. That kind of stuff I love. Yeah. If you're just balling out to ball out like Carl the Mailman Malone because <laughs> you can. I mean, I can't tell you you're wrong, but I would wince in pain watching it happen. <laughs> yes. Jeez. And on that note, Baja Blast an extra Añejo tequila. You guys. Together at last. <laughs> Try it. See if we got a combination. Finally. Coming next week for the Taco Bell Cantina. <laughs> We'd only have one toilet, though. Good luck to you. <laughs> they got that four drive through one opening somewhere locally here. Maybe they'll have the, maybe have like the shoots that you have at the bank. Yes. They shoot you up a Baja Blast cocktail. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, this one of is, each of the Mountain Dews. This is completely off topic, but I just have to tell you, I, I, have, I have become slightly addicted to looking at Reddit because I'm fascinated at like what people say and talk about. And I stumbled onto a thread where a guy posted out of nowhere an email that he had sent to Bank of America in whatever town he lived in asking... I'm not saying I'm going to do this. I'm just asking, have you thought of a contingency plan for if somebody shoved bees into the, oh. the tube oh and then sent it to you? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you guys, I've been laughing about that idea all day long because at first I was like, who That's would, some shit from how Simpsons. Do you, how do you get bees into Mr. it? Mr. Burns. But then all I could think about was how, because it's always just glass panels all the way across. And how yes. funny would it be to watching see it? Just every, all the bankers running around in circles while there's bees everywhere. That's some shit that you do in a video game, like in Bioshock or <laughs> exactly. something. Oh my God. That had to be. How am I going to get these guys? That's, that's some DLC for, uh, <laughs> yeah. for San Andreas Grand Theft Auto. Right. But I, oh my God, I'm sorry. That just made me think of that the, the bank teller, the vacuum tube. <laughs> Have you, I'm not saying I'm going to do it, and I'm not threatening you. I'm just asking. not me. I'm asking you for a friend. It? Have you planned a contingency plan yeah. for what if what somebody if this shoved happens? bees? This might be the next thing that happens in our what country. What a weird thing. The whole thing is just bizarre that that exists. It was so futuristic it, to me as like an eight-year-old. Yeah. Oh, and they like send candy or balloons in and you're like oh Thank that's you. right they there were sending is, little dum-dums yes there is a bar in <laughs> Sa- it's called the safe house it's in milwaukee wisconsin and it's a 007 in the 60s cold war themed bar there's all kinds of crazy shit that happens but if you order the 007 martini it's a vodka martini that comes with two olives they have a vacuum tube system a service bar in back makes it 
and they send the martini through the tube system, and it ends up landing on the bar. And then they pour it into a glass, and you keep the shaker and the martini. Wow. And I will tell you, huh. I, have, I am a jaded motherfucker that does not get off on gimmicks like that. I took some friends there. It was, I've been there dozens of times. I took some 12, friends there 13. Uh, about six or seven years ago, and I clapped. Like a small <laughs> child, I clapped. At, I, the technology still floors me. I don't know how it works. Now, were you ever a small child is my question for you. No. Smaller than me, also a child. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Smaller than me currently. That's actually a great example because I love, uh, as you know, a dirty martini. I, I won't go that high shelf. No. I, I actually kind of want to taste the vodka. Yep. I'm drinking this because I kind of like the way it tastes altogether. You know, Kettle One's fine for me. I love Kettle One. You don't got to go top shelf. Just let me use Kettle One or Tattersall Norseman. Like, mm-hmm. I like a lot of the locally made stuff. Uh, we have some great producers here in the Twin Cities of just neutral green spirits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stuff's fantastic. But failing that, I'll just get a 175 of Kettle One. Yeah. That'll last me two, three days. <laughs> you guys have really love martinis. You guys. I also I drank a five what? gallon jar of olive juice. Dude, I've been batching I, them and I drink them way too fast when I batch I'm them. So proud of you for doing this that. This is amazing. No, but it's no, don't be I proud of me. I love that. I taught I my friends that over fast. quarantine and they just it blew their mind that you could batch cocktails. I mean yeah. they're now alcoholics, so sorry everybody. I, I batched uh bottles of Manhattans and then I uh let them go for uh a year. And they were surprisingly, like, really great and mellow. Like, yeah. it really did change. But, oh, my God, once we started opening them, the bottles went so quick. I'm like, oh, oh that's a Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, making, like, batching Negronis, Manhattans, yes. martinis. You don't think about what you're doing. You're just like, I'm going to drink some more. I'm just going to have this whole 750 oh in a there's, day. There's Whoopsies. still more in there. That's fine. <laughs> Do, uh, do people drink Negronis out of a shaker pint? Is that, <laughs> is that normal? Do you put a straw just right into the bottle? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden we're doing Liam impressions. Yes. <laughs> yeah, shout out to former guest Nathan Beck, <laughs> yes. who at his uh, daughter's, his daughter Emma's grad party batched Negronis. Oh, and no. then the cups he had out, which were the disposable cups, were giant fucking oh, red no. solo cups. Oh, no. And oh, he and I were no. supposed to smoke a cigar in the yard. And I'd only seen him probably for 45 minutes. And I asked his, his beautiful wife, Kim, hey, where is Nate? And she said, well, Nate's inside taking a nap because he drank too much Negroni. I'm like, yeah, that'll happen if you're no ice drinking Negroni out of a fucking 16 ounce solo. Pints of Negroni. Woof. That, that, yeah. oh. I mean, the journey would have been fun, but the destination yeah. would have been brutal. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, uh, Melly, I want to I want to dial it back a little bit to a previous career of yours. Uh, we have all in our careers, all three of us have had uh, hilarious, fun, and awful uh, interactions with celebrities. Oh boy. And I was wondering, is there is there a hilarious or an awful or a crazy story uh, <clears throat> of somebody that you met somewhere along the way? And it could have been with 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 beam centauri as well is there uh is there anything (laughs) worth telling or one that you just love to be like this motherfucker (laughs) is it the one that i told you last week is that what we're thinking of i don't you can do whatever you well back in my radio days i worked for a country music station (laughs) and we'd have lots of celebrities so i worked for iheart radio back then clear channel uh Met lots of really lovely celebrities jennifer lopez shout out to you you know you remember me she listens she does? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank God. Yep. But I was in the studio with the afternoon DJ, and I was giving him 
prize sheets and things that they have to fill out for people when they call in so we can get their names. I was in the promotions department. And Trace Adkins, who is a very tall man, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll very it, large man. We'll larger than quotes. you, Ben. I, it's like he's larger than you. But he, like, opens the door and all of a sudden he comes in and he goes, mm, Smells like women. And oh, I just man. turned and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he just looks single. and he's just like, ah. And I'm just like, I'm going to go. I just, to this day, like every time somebody says Trace Adkins, all I can think is, yeah. smells like women. And it's just oh. like, what? It's like, it's more cringy than that. I bet he says that shit all the time. Oh, 100%. And the worst part is I bet it works every now and then. It was so gross. Oh my God, he smelled you know, me. You guys. Just, yeah, he just has to be. It's famous. true. <laughs> it's great. Ugh. He was. He was great. I got. I got past moonshine that had floaters in it from Montgomery Gentry in the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, "Here, you want some of this?" And I was like, "Why not? I'm hold 22 on, years old." I have to break down. That might have been the greatest sentence I've ever heard on this podcast. <laughs> I I got past moonshine. With floaties in it by Montgomery Gentry in yes. an elevator. <laughs> in an elevator. <laughs> and all I got was this lousy t-shirt. That yep. is, oh my God. I'm elevator sorry. They're just like, hey, darling, you want some of this? And I was like, sure, why not? Elevator moonshine with floaties in it. 6 p.m. I'm leaving work. right now. It was, that is the greatest thing about radio is you just never knew who was coming in that day and who what the interactions were going to be. There are just some messed up celebrities and then there's some brilliant ones where you're just like all right yeah. i can but deal with this if it's like if it's like on age moonshine where are the floaties even coming from i don't just know like a dirty glass? i am still alive it was in a, like a jar and he was just like he was i don't know chewing a, a mouthful of had a lid on it sipping on it and they're just no, he's probably got a chew in and he's taking slugs from the bottle i on the way in. <laughs> i like to think it was just like fruit remnants that they made it with and like, that's you know. why you don't have covid right you got the antibodies i am good <laughs> If you've drank, <laughs> if you drank moonshine in an elevator, in an elevator, I'm from Montgomery. You, know the, you know, you're good. You good? Oh you good? Oh, you're good. Go really. lick some bar stools. Oh, oh fuck! Oh, that's the best. Fauci, where are you on that Fauci. one, man? Montgomery Gentry, you're the key to saving America. <laughs> Holy shit! Oh, that's the great. I, uh, I will love that sentence okay? for the rest of my you life. Make it? I'm literally... you, should we just call it quits now? Oh, well, I, I, Charles, I know you've had... Quam, we hate laughter on this podcast. I, I wish you'd call oh, down. Man. That's a good one. When you got tears out of both eyes on that one, that's fucking beautiful. Oh, fucking A. Uh, what Me? about you? Yeah. I, I hinted toward this on like episode three or four, and now I'm going to tell you about it. So I told you that Joe Montana is a dick. Yes, you did. Joe Montana fucking sucks. In his comfortable, ugly sneakers. He's a he's a turd burglar supreme. Oh. Okay. So this is the guy that several years ago they did the top 50 players of all time at the Super Bowl. He was the one guy that said, okay, I know that the, the, the payment, the stipend is 25 grand. My whole family gets to come to the Super Bowl. That's what everybody gets. I want 250 grand. Everybody else gets 25, but I'm, I'm cool, Joe. I need 250. And I wasn't surprised to hear it because the, the guy sucks. The reason I know this so well and so intimately is 
when I worked for Schinders, I would go to those, the auto, uh, autograph shows, uh, memorabilia shows in Illinois and Chicago. And the guy I would travel with, his name is Jamie Frandrup. He was a big Niners fan when he was a kid and always got autos from any of the guys that were at these shows for his personal collection. So, of course, Jerry Rice, Roger Craig, Montana, the, all those guys. Montana's thing was, if you wanted to get a photo with him, you had to pay like $500 to come to the front of the line for the autograph so that you could like glad hand him and look at a shitty digital camera. It was some exorbitant sum. It wasn't yeah. $500, but it was a lot. It's probably stupid. It's probably like 300 bucks, something yeah. like that. And Jamie, you know, being, he's working at Schinders. This is when I was like 19, 20 in that range. He was doing well for his age. He's probably like 26 at the time. But he wasn't ready to shell out $300 when he's already, like, meeting this guy on a monthly basis. And he had this ardent refusal to look up at the camera. I was like, Jamie, at this, at this particular show, I was like, Jamie, I'm going to get that photo today. And he's like, no, you're not, man. He's a dick about it. And I was like, trust me, we're going to get this fucking photo. And even in front of us, people were marching up, getting the signature, and uh like saying like joe can i get a photo and he like wouldn't he wouldn't look up he was like no no sorry we already did photos nope no photos wow. probably didn't say sorry i'm making him seem nicer than he is <laughs> so jamie's Fuck you, turn. little motherfucker it's jamie's turn and i stood i stood just out of the line of sight like behind the banister where jamie was getting his childhood niners gold jacket like shiny gold jacket signed wow. by joe montana and i had his little digital camera because now this is this is a long time ago this is like fucking 20 years ago at this point and i had his little digital camera and i had it like to my chest like held up to my chest and uh i went hey joe <laughs> and he looked up for a split second and, went, oh, pow! and i snapped the photo and i fucking ran <laughs> i turned around and ran so after that jamie comes jamie comes and finds me i'm like on the other side by like the authorization booths and he's like dude dude what the fuck did you just do? I'm like, I got it. He's like, did you get it? Like, it was absolutely perfect because those things didn't focus very well <laughs> no, either. Not at all. I was like, hey, Joe. <laughs> and like, he was like, he was so startled because I was like, I did it very loudly and abruptly. He fucking looked up, snapped it perfectly. Jamie's smiling, holding onto his hand. He's looking at him smiling. And Joe looks like he's about to get shot. He's about to get shot. It looks terrible, but it's like uh, it's like uh, Michael Scott with the handshake. Oh, yes. absolutely. It's that photo. Yeah. Joe's yes. Michael Scott. Perfect. Oh. And and he he treasured that. He's like, oh, my God, you finally, you got that photo for me, finally. <laughs> Fuck you, Joe. Frame. His wall. I, I will um I, I if if he allows me to do it I'm not going to post it unless he says it's okay but I took a very similar uh, picture at yep. the height of um, Iggy Azalea's uh, meteoric rise right before her meteoric fall okay uh, she played um, she played TCF Bank Stadium that's uh, one of her last songs uh, okay. she played TCF Bank Stadium for the U of M's homecoming. And uh, my friend, uh, Mr. DJ Mad Mardigan, uh, was the opening DJ and like between the acts, because it was also uh, Walk the Moon right before Shut Up and Dance came out. And uh, I'll give her credit. I don't necessarily love her catalog, but she, she, she brought it for the performance. Lots of dancing, lots of uh, like, it was high entertainment for a bunch of college kids. 
So because I was like the in-between act MC running around with, and I had a cordless microphone. So I was like running through the crowd doing like the M-I-N-N-E-S-O-T-A chants and all that shit. So afterwards, we're backstage and um, she had like a golf cart to bring her back to her thing. And I mean, she was in clothes that would amount to like two eye patches for me. And so she had like a, a full white robe on and Mardigan, for whatever reason, really wanted a picture with her. And I was like, I mean, if you can get her golf cart to stop, you can get one because she's coming by right now. And uh, he goes running over and he's like, Mr. Celia, hold on, hold on, hold on, I, real quick. And they stopped because I think they thought he was like security. And I popped the picture and it's him smiling with his thumb up. And oh it's God. her, like, it's the worst paparazzi. Just over. And honestly, like, I felt so guilty after looking at that picture because I'm like, dude, we can't fucking, we can't put this out on, like, social media. Like, that's right. such a dick move. Yeah. Like, I would hate that if somebody did that to me and I'm not remotely famous. Uh, but I, for the rest of the night, I couldn't stop laughing at the look on her face because it's so perfectly in focus because it was pitch black backstage and it was just the flash, so the camera only grabbed what oh, the light really? hit. Yeah. So it's literally the golf cart, her face, and him, like with a perfectly posed, like thumbs up smile. It's amazing. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. I wonder if I can message Jamie and get that photo from him. Oh, I haven't seen should. it in so many years. Oh my god, you should. You need to. That would be uh, awesome. My, um, I think my funniest one though was when, honestly, like I had to try and like pretend that I was laughing at something else. Uh, we had um, Akon. At the peak of his, like, we had, like, seven number one singles in a row. And I will straight up say, while I was not a giant fan of his music, that dude is a very kind human being. He is very nice. He's engaging. And what he's done with his life afterwards, I'm glad he was so nice because I will always cheer for him, even if it's not my favorite shit. At the time, he had a guy named Cardinal Official DJing for him. So Cardinal's in the booth with me, who also had two songs on the charts at the time. So I was like, this is kind of fucking cool. Like, I'm just bullshitting with him about music. And Akon is performing. And, uh, and he's coming up to the end of his set. And he's like, y'all, I got to tell you guys right now, we about to change music forever. Y'all never heard shit like this before. Like, you used to have music, and then from here on out, people will be like, after this, this is like new music. Y'all ready to hear the future of music? And I'm looking at Cardinal like, what the fuck are you guys about to play? Because there's <laughs> no way that we're about to reinvent music at a nightclub in Minneapolis, no, Minnesota. Not a chance. And, and they played, um, I want to make love, na, 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 na. Oh. Like, the poppiest, like up-tempo sort of R&B song and I couldn't stop laughing like I lost my shit <laughs> wait what, what is this song I, it's called I think it's literally called right now in parentheses na 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 whose song was it Akon was it? it was Akon yep. but it was a new song at the it time it was a new song at the time okay. he was he was premiering it but just, if you ever well, that's listen kind of just the, that's just kind of the thing that musicians say to you but like. that's the thing it's like <laughs> if he had just played the song I would have been like you know that'll probably sell on the radio that works right. but it was there was music before, yeah. but after you hear this, mm. it will be new music from here on yeah. out. Nothing. It's my favorite thing that anybody's ever said. <laughs> but what I didn't realize, I'm literally standing like I can touch him. 
while I'm kneeling on the floor crying with laughter. <laughs> and I come up, and then I realize, oh, my uh, God. Well, how the, did you hide it? These you, two, oh, I didn't. I was, I was literally. Just, he's like, come on, man. This so, is, we reinvented music. So I, yeah, so I get up, and I realize that he is very serious about this, too. Oh, so okay. now I'm stuck in a DJ booth with a guy oh. who is equally on the <laughs> old oh music God. is now dead. Clowning New music is coming. Head. And I couldn't stop laughing. And so he just kept looking at me like, I'm going to fucking whoop your ass. And Cardinal is not a small dude. Like, he's, he's a, a fucking buff motherfucker. So he wasn't. And I'm looking at him, and all I could say, <laughs> the only thing that I could come up with was a story from months previous where uh, we did a big build up. Like, this was at, at the time when it was like big room house. So it was all big, 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 build, build, build. And then it gets quiet, and then the, the fucking bass drops. And we had, there were two very small, very young white girls in a crowd. And they happened to be the only two small, blonde, white girls in this crowd. And when the bass hit, like, they vanished. And I thought it was the funniest thing ever because it looked like they just vanished out of existence. And it turned out they both just fell backwards. And people picked them back up. And then they ran off the dance floor. But it was like everybody started jumping. And they didn't know that the beat was coming. And they just got lost. And I was like, I just watched two humans vanish in front of my eyes. And it took like 30 seconds before I found them. They're they're over there and their hair is all messed up. And one girl's like, like, her her mascara is like just smeared across her face. So the only thing I could think of was to tell Cardinal that that's what happened. Like, that's oh. what I was laughing oh, at. I pretended okay. that it had just okay. happened. And he's like, where are they at? Where are they at? I'm like, they're over there. They're, they're fine now. Sorry. It was just really funny because everybody reacted so right. well to the song. And then Except I for Ben Quam. I started thinking about, like, how many times? Because he has to say that at every show. How many times do people have to be like, oh, no, that's not what I'm laughing at. I'm laughing at this other if, thing. If you're successful enough, you probably don't, <laughs> even, don't even notice know. how people react. You're just in your own zone oh, i was boy. gonna guess that they rickrolled everybody no i wish no there was no humor <laughs> there was no humor in that it was it was a very Hell serious set shit and i'm I, I just wasn't used to how hard he was gonna sell a song that was the least hard song he ever put out like it could not have been more pop. that could have been a one direction oh, song man. oh my god it just fucking killed me and then because i realized that i'm not supposed to be laughing that always makes me laugh harder right and that i'm fucking done once it's I'm like, worst. oh my god, I shouldn't be doing when this. When you're not allowed to laugh and you're not yeah. supposed to, that's when it when it comes on, and <laughs> you just cannot control it. Uh, so afterwards, we ended up hanging out for a while. Like I said, he's a great guy. I, I will straight up say, sorry, at, it didn't work out. He was yeah, he was one of the at the time. He was probably from his fame at that point was one of the most famous people I ever met, and should have, by all accounts, from what we normally see from celebrities, yeah. probably should have been a dick. Couldn't have been nicer. Shook mm-hmm. hands with everybody, took pictures with everybody. Just didn't really change music. So to Akon's charity work now, and maybe not right now. No, no. Not at this. No, 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 no. Changing the world in more meaningful ways. Yes, yes, much better. We need more people like that. Less Very shitty true. music, more nice people. For sure. Oh. Oh, look at this. Oh. Oh. So, Melly, what is your go-to appetizer? Go-to appetizer? Something you always order when you see it on a menu. Do you have, like, Ow. a thing that you're like, ooh, got to do it, got to see what your version's like? <laughs> I mean, chips and guac. Oh. No, I mean, that those are pretty dope, but... Is that the, the tequila talking? That is the tequila talking. <laughs> no, I want chips and guac. I just really, really want <laughs> chips and guacamole. Um, I love a good... 
either like tuna poke or ahi tuna mm. appetizer. Either one of them. I just like to see yes. what the what people do with it. I don't know my favorite yet. I mean, I don't think I have a favorite in Minnesota by any means. Sorry, everybody, but <laughs> um, I was recently in in Florida and Naples with some friends and. We went to a new place down there, and they had it was just bomb. It was so freaking good. I was just like, "Can I just order four of these?" And then I got judged, and so I ordered more tequila. But no, that's I think that would be my go-to where I'm just want to try it out, see what flavors they add to it. Just, yeah. Mm. Do you find yourself as attracted to like tuna and sushi and like sashimi and nigiri, or is it when it's presented as an appetizer, like a, a poke kind of thing? I love sushi. I like everything that's not uber fishy for sushi, so I'm I'm I will try anything for that. Um, I don't necessarily need to have you know a spicy tuna roll or anything like that. They're great, but no, I think it's the pre- the pre- presentation for the ahi or just the poke as an appetizer. I don't know what it is. They're like what they serve or something it with. Like that. Yeah, what they mm-hmm. serve it with. Just the spices that they add to it. Nice light way to start your meal too. Yes, I yeah. agree. That's exactly it. I think that's the that's that's what I love about it because I um, even actually Jenny and I got to go on our second date in a year uh, in public and we went to uh, Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and they have um, it's like a an ahi sashimi appetizer. It's mm. it's as simple as can be: thin sliced fish sitting in a little bit of like a light ponzu mm-hmm. uh, with a little yeah. like just little slice of of jalapeno and. I mean, it's fantastic. Oh, it's, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's not ponzu. It's a, like a spicy ginger wasabi sauce. And then they oh, even give yeah. you the lemon in the bag so you can okay. squeeze it without getting seeds all over everything. Sure. And it's like, it's, it's bright and it's simple and it's delicious. Yeah. But when, when I heard you ask the question, I did not think of any of those things. And it's a weird one, I know. I thought of all the disgusting no, it's a good one. Like, that I And there's, there's so many ways that can manifest itself too, like tuna tartare, carpaccio. Yeah. Uh, poke, uh, sashimi. This, yeah. I yes. love all those, but I thought yeah. I love the disgusting fried shit. When you were like, "What's your favorite <laughs> yeah. appetizer?" Hey, <clears throat> teasers. Uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, I, I, I am a wing aficionado. I will say, I am. I Me will too, try baby. wings anywhere if I feel like they're doing something that I have to try. Sure. Will you, you know? try, okay? Will you try wings anywhere, or can you see what they, what type of wings they are? And sometimes you're like, "Nah, I'm good." Yeah. Do you the have only to look ones... at the plate coming out and see what? size just, they are i just won't do it if it's like if it's pre-sauced out of a cisco bag sure i don't necessarily love that like there are some places that where it's like when it's a dozen wings for like 5.99 you're like okay i don't know it's what I'm, suspect, yeah. i don't know what i'm gonna be eating that's not chicken yeah that's definitely not that's new york city pigeon are you a saucy wing boy or are you uh, all of them man wing? no uh, okay so you like across them all. the board uh i i will eat any chicken wing anywhere love that and then I also sadly have to fight because Jenny's always down. Like we can go back and forth on wings, no problem. My other addiction is fried cheese, and she is okay. not down with me on that because it does not. It should with Jenny on that one. Nobody, mm. nobody's guts should ingest the amount of fried cheese that I want to. <laughs> I want to ingest. That's like the meme. Hey, you want to eat this 
block of cheese? <laughs> That's disgusting. Hey, you want to eat this block of cheese cut up and fried That's and then eat a whole meal afterwards? <laughs> do mind if I do? Have you, like, like, for everybody out there, have you ever been in a supermarket and looked at an entire pack of string cheese and thought, I should eat all that before I have dinner? Before dinner That's yeah. what mozzarella sticks are. Is that and another story that you have to tell us? No. Throwing thank out? God, no. Okay. Uh, but um, it's it, sadly it's not there anymore. But um, Max Industrial used to do like a rectangular plank of low moisture mozzarella, frozen and breaded, and, and then fried Italian seasoning, and then fried. Really? And they Ooh, were the greatest sounds... things ever. Even even at my fattest kid moments, I could never finish a whole order by myself. I would literally just try to get anybody to join in, or if a couple other friends were That's with, we'd idea. all split it. But that, I don't know if it was the fact that it was a different shape, and much like spirals from Kraft Macaroni and Cheese. Yeah. Sometimes I want that differently. But holy shit. Because it, it, it was never the breading core. Because the cheese always squirts out. Like if you get shit at TGI Fridays, you know you're going to get at least two empty chambers right. where it's just breading. And they're like, oh, well, cheese is in the grease. What are you going to do? It never happened at, with those cheese planks at Max. Yeah. And I fucking love them. And I would literally like. How did, well, how does it come to the table? Does it have like sauces, bread, uh, marinara? So it's five planks on a long rectangular rectangular plate, and okay. then the the bucket of marinara. How big the are end. these things? Planks. That sounds I'm, intimidating. Like, I'm literally <laughs> saying like like it's know, an, an like... inch. It's an inch by probably three or four inches. How many a, come a full on a tray? Rectangle, five. I mean, it was like a half a pound of cheese. I'm not that kidding. That sounds like more than it's, a yeah. pound. Like I said. It sounds like a lot. It sounds like I've, a pound of cheese yes, at least. for sure a pound. I went through, I went through a, Jesus. A, a, the first week of being blackout drunk after a divorce, and I still couldn't finish an entire order of them. That's how, that's how much it was. But I just, like, if there was any way to just order one. So, like, big-ass mozzarella sticks. Yep. Okay. Yep. But because of them being hand-breaded there, it never leaked out into everything. It was literally, like... The whole thing. The freezing, obviously, and the yep. low moisture helps a lot. Oh, my God. For sure. I, when, when, they, when they moved locations and then they got shut down, then they reopened, they shut down, then they reopened again, I always, like, I'm like, are, are they coming? And he's like, literally, you're the only one that bought them. Yeah. You're, you're the <laughs> only human being that was like, no, I should have that. Have the order then. You know, like, yeah. you just, could, they could just make, like, really well, dope to, mozzarella I say, sticks. I was like, forget tots or fries. Give me one just next one. to my sandwich. Okay, Quam. Mm-hmm. You're forced to choose. Which one is it? Wings. Is it cheese planks or is it wings? Wings. It's not even wings. Close. Okay, not even wanging close. it. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I dude, wings. Yeah, I'm a big wing. I'm a big wing boy. Mm-hmm. I like dry and dip. I like the dry fried wing. It does. I don't like heavily breaded, but you just gotta dip that motherfucker in yes. some potato flour and fry it, and you get a little little crispiness. And then I like to dip that into the buffalo, and then into the blue cheese. Do that kind of business monte carlo's my joint what's your joint Ooh. oh it's monte carlo i okay love monte carlo mm-hmm. a lot i love the creativity of d spot i have not been recently since shutdowns but the creativity and like the hundred sauces some mm-hmm. people are like it's overkill of course it's overkill but you sure. can find exactly the blend good. of because it says all the different flavors that are in there so i love the fact that at d spot you can figure out like exactly what your personal flavor pick is yeah, and after i figured that out decisions i would go there and i got the same three sauces every time it okay. is what it is but not to give them too many props but i fucking love this bar it's my winchester uh but it's the max industrial granny wings it's yeah, literally wings. quote unquote qualm style it's granny wings 
with uh, buffalo on the side. No ranch or blue cheese. Buffalo on the side. So dry fried? Yep. Yep. And then it's, a, it's an orange duck sauce uh, made with uh, red pepper Ooh. chili flakes, oh. uh, sriracha, yeah. and Grand Marnier. So it's like a spicy orange. Oh, of course, it's fucking Marnier. Of course. Yeah, it of course. <laughs> <laughs> I've so, never had that. I need to have that. So it's, it's really sweet and a little bit spicy. And then you get the, the granny on the side. Or okay. the, the buffalo on the side. <laughs> yeah, he's great. So then you, then you dip it in. Oh, yeah, too. Then you dip it in. So then now it's you like, hear this guy? He fucking eats a basket of wings and then has a then has Marnier she... drinking competition. Yes. <laughs> As you do. Here Never we go again. Never learns. Cue up the Curb Your Enthusiasm theme. But yeah, so then you have you have salty and spicy. So now you have sweet, spicy, salty, spicy, crunchy from being fried. And then, uh, because my wife is my wife, frequent guest of the podcast, uh, Jenny Kwam, uh, she hates, uh, she loves celery. So it's mm-hmm. all celery on the side. Yeah. And okay. so that is, that is the order. And it's not even close to like how much we've ordered that versus any other wing. Melly, do you have a favorite wing? Have you all been to Brunson's in St. Paul? Oh. I hear such great things about their Come on, their you wings. guys. I just don't, I don't get to St. Paul enough, but oh my I gotta God. do it. They I are do it. so, the sauces are amazing. They have like the hot buffalo. It is so hot that you're just like sweating. Ooh. You're just wiping your brow. That's us. It is so saucy this is and us. good. This is us. We're going there. Yep. We're going there. You're fucking right. So, <laughs> it, they're so I'm good. Into it. Can I pile on on top of that? First of all. Looking at Tommy and his dreamy eyes gives me that sweat already because I love me. Molly, some close your ears. Well, I think she, I, I hope she she's probably knows that. already. Whatever. We'll cuddle. It's fine. <laughs> um, but then on top of it, they also do uh, pulled bacon yes. as as a protein for sandwiches and for macaroni and cheese. And their <laughs> food is just bomb. Yeah, it's I still so haven't gone. Uh, yeah, it's been recommended to me plenty. Let's, I, I need to go. Let's, let's make, go. Let's make it happen. Uh, east side of St. Paul. Go to Brunson's. Go to West Brunson's. side of Minneapolis. Drive to fucking Brunson's. And then Brunson's. go to Tongue and Cheek yeah. and get some cocktails, too. Oh, their I love food Tongue is, Cheek. I know. Their yes. food is phenomenal, too. Fantastic uh, brunch breakfast options. Yes. Mm. Yeah, my, my spot's Monte Carlo. Yeah. I like any I like any of the wings that have like the weird like Indian, Southeast Asian, like spices so intermixed good. into the dry rub mm-hmm. so like bullshorn does that in minneapolis Bulls as well. Horn's dry rub is so good they're, yeah the places that good. do that there are places in chicago i'm obsessed with that do that there's this indian restaurant that we love go to go to that does the dipped hams that we went to on my bachelor party and they have like that weird inexplicable of the 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 indians like <laughs> just a touch of indian spice in the rub fucking fantastic my answer, however, is all things bird livers. Give me the bird livers, dude. <laughs> you, you know, that common appetizer. You know. Of bird liver. You guys got any bird livers? I, I, chicken livers. Okay. I've, foie gras or chicken yep, liver. Yep. I can if there's that. a foie gras app, I'm ordering it. Marnie's going to be like, yeah, I'll try it. And then I'm like, hey, yeah. Sure you <laughs> and then I'm going to eat the rest. So... <laughs> it's the antithesis of Melly's example of ordering something light that makes the rest of the meal yeah. easier to eat. I uh, my my <laughs> my eyes are bigger than my stomach always, <laughs> always. Valentine's weekend is a great example of that. I ordered way too much shit, it's way too much food. But whenever <laughs> I see, <laughs> I love the idea of you doing to your own liver while we make foie gras. You're like, oh, oh. <laughs> Your suffering be in me. I'll do the same thing to myself, and I'll eat this entire lobe before, before I eat. Yeah, yeah that's beautiful. Sure. It's a circle sure. of life. That's what Elton John wrote about. 
absolutely. Don't, don't get, get me, me started on don't get me started on on the practices of foie gras because it actually is not inhumane. No. Because those birds crush rocks in their throat to eat mussels. They they dump rocks in their throat to crush mussels so they can eat the mussels. They're actually accustomed to eating food that way. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, oh. But can we? Can we? I, Charles I, at libationsforeveryone.com. Well, everybody, Charles, I, I was love, information. If you're upset, I think chicken livers though get, they get shit on a lot, and chicken livers are actually oh. incredible. So yeah, do you have do you have a spot? Chicken moose. Do you, have a, do you have a spot that that you've been to that you Kalita. like? That there you go. There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of places, but Kalita does like they're really beautiful. They do their tart like a chicken liver tart. Yep. And they put all sorts of there's like supremes on it and herbs and like frisé and this beautiful yeah. like. I don't. It's been so long I've, since I've been there. I don't remember. But they do like a blackberry sauce. Like sure. They might mix it up, but they do this beautiful little tart. Order it comes to the table. It's probably like ten ounces of tart. You know, Marnie takes a bite. She's like, "That's delicious, but it's too rich." And then I just scoot the plate all the way to the <laughs> end of the table and just lick it. <laughs> just tear it up because I can't. Le- I can't leave that on the plate. <laughs> Nothing's going back. No. Get away <laughs> again. Let's not call this the index finger. This is the, the yes. What is it? The, the sauce. It's wiper? a go away finger, <laughs> and it's the sauce wiper. Oh, I love that so much. And now I want wings and I cheese know. planks Damn and it. Oh. tuna and, and all livers. of the things. I want tuna tartare. I want foie, so foie gras, wings. Man, those are things. Those are things I want all the time. All right. Even if I'm not hungry, I want that. Call back to things. an earlier question. <laughs> Foie-washed bourbon for an old-fashioned. Waste or worth it? It's worth a try. Mm, Just say it. Yeah, that's interesting. I haven't had it. I would, I would no. try it. I, I would try it. This was an idea that I think scientifically would work. Foie-washed. Foie-washed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but <laughs> I have not found any place that's actually doing that. We looked it up a couple years that's ago. That's curious, yeah. And I, I have, love savory things, yeah, so that's well, right up my alley. We, we line up on that. I also have an obsession with, I want to make um, cacio e pepe wings with zatar spice mixed in. Because in my head, mm-hmm. that all really works well together. And to do really crispy wings and maybe toss them in zatar and then do like melted butter cacio e pepe across the top. So you get that unctuous fatty butter with some parmesan and a little bit of salt and pepper and then mm. underneath it on the crunch is the sort of that middle eastern north yeah. african zatar spice the, the brain's working I, I don't, it could be Keep awful that going. could be awful Work could be it. great um all right obviously we've all had a storied career consuming alcohols and uh lies as, as we were giggling about <laughs> funny interactions with celebrities uh, I wanted to flip to the other side and do, is there a dreamiest sip of a spirit, a wine, a beer that you have that when you close your eyes, you can, you can just be back there? Or is there like a time where you sip something and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. And then you realized months, days, weeks, whatever it may be later, that that actually was really important to you, that it, it really kind of changed the way you thought about something or it gave you a new definition of what like delicious is that is a great question it's, it's sam also, it's also deep so i didn't it if, really is if you want me to or if you want us to buy you some time i have no problem talking yeah for buy me bit. some time because okay. i gotta think of i gotta think back in my life um this is more for well there's two things one this is a little bit funny i had two answers for this question and i'm just gonna say them both because i think it's 
a, an explanation of the duality of flavors for me. So the first one was um, the first time I ever got to go to a Michelin star restaurant was in Paris um, on the Champs Elysees. There's a restaurant called the Purple Bar, and the woman who ran the bar program was bartending the night that I was there. And uh, it was a slower night, and she ended up just having time to kind of chat with me. And it was amazing getting to pick her brain. She had literally just come from the Hennessy like compound, Damn. and got to try pre World War One barrels of Hennessy that had been smuggled out so that like they wouldn't be destroyed by the bombing raids and the mortar shells. And uh, the way that she described that taste to me, like I could taste it in my mouth as she was talking to me. And I was like, okay, so you come back from that. Like, how do you come back down to reality? And she's like, it's, it's the same in France as it is in America. Like, we're all industry kids. We all come up with shots and we all have easy things. Yeah. Because at the end of the shift, it's all about, like, letting go of the stress. And, like, okay, we got done with that. Let's enjoy something. And I was like, okay, give me something that I wouldn't expect from you. And she poured me a shot of a white Sambuca from the freezer, one ounce, she added two drops of Tabasco on top of that, and then she poured an Añejo tequila, one ounce, on top of that. Wow. Because the, the um, Sambuca is so viscous, it right. stayed separated. And for the most part, the Tabasco sat in the middle. She goes, I understand the look that you have on your face, <laughs> but I'm just going to tell you, this shouldn't work. Like, I've spent my life being dedicated to this craft, this should not work, and it fucking does. And we created this as a handshake so that the only people that you'll ever see order this, you know, also fucking get it and have been through the same shit you've been through. And for whatever reason, we found this thing. And so I, I literally repeated the ingredients back to her. I'm like, I just want to make sure there's just nothing else that know. I'm missing. Nothing is mixed with anything. There's no different flavors. This is straight up. She's like, yep. I took that shot and it blew my fucking mind. It was weird. It wasn't, it wasn't the best thing I'd ever had. Right. But it was the most original thing I'd ever had. Have you tried to recreate it? I have. It? Is it I the same? I still really like it. Okay. But That's I cannot, good to know. I literally cannot get anybody else I know to be down with I'll it. I'll try it. Part of it is you Come also, on. you have to have a chest freezer because the, the Sambuca it's has about, to be that cold. Okay. Or you have to be that at somebody's sense. house that yes. has it in the freezer. If or you, put it outside during a yeah. Minnesota winter. <laughs> exactly. Or a, Tex yeah. a Texas winter. There we go. Um, um, yeah, just America winter. America winter. <laughs> Um, and if you shake it, the dilution, the tequila falls right through, which okay. I found out not even thinking about it. So it's very specific, but I've done them a few times, and it really is wild how fucking crazy. crazy that is. It just sounds so awful, yet <laughs> yeah. like I would be like, I need to try that and That's, see how it... And again, I would only have taken that advice from a bartender at a Michelin star program who literally was like famous. And she's like, just, just trust me. <laughs> we did. And then she gave me a pour of Macallan 15 that was uh, uh, $48. So I was like, oh, I remember where I am now. And yep. this will be my last drink. Thank you very much. Thank you very I'm much. On my way up. Goodbye. Um, but but the, the, the one that's, that still sticks with me, um, for my 40th, we went to France. And we did a bunch of wine stuff. And uh, we ended up a whole bunch of us rented uh, a chateau together and we stayed there. It was great. And the guy that owned the chateau asked if we wanted to do a private tour of his wine cellar. And he gave us three different price tiers. 
and I'm not saying this as a humble brag, I'm literally saying this as a PSA, when you have an option like that, just just do ball it. out. Just do Who the cares? most expensive one. I've spent so much money on so many stupid fucking things that I didn't care about. I bought so many records that I just didn't love. I bought so many books that I read and was like, this is not great. And then I never finished. Like, I bought clothes that I wore twice and I spilled on and then, eh. The difference between the lowest package and the top package was a couple hundred bucks. So it wasn't anything to, like, shake a stick at. But when we looked at what it was, we just kept thinking, like, we'll never get any of these wines in America. And to be able to sit and eat a piece of cheese made in a village that you can see out the window from a guy who's, like, ninth generation doing it, and then to sip a bottle of wine that has been in a climate-controlled cellar for decades that was brought up just to open for our group, I will never, ever forget that experience. And the wine was incredible, but we come back to this topic a lot. Create the experience. Don't think about the money if it's within your budget. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, blow your mortgage money on, right. on something. But if you have the opportunity for an experience that you don't think you'll have again or it would be really hard to replicate again, that's where your money will be the most well spent. And that is where, when I close my eyes, that's where my palate takes me. So there. But have you ever had a Natter Days? <laughs> oh, <laughs> an ice cold Natter Days on a hot day? That might make top Nothing 10. wrong with there that. There we go. The first one I had, I did not put down. I literally drank the whole thing and then set the can down. They're easy yes. to drink. They're very easy to drink. And that's what Absolutely. we'll say. Uh, Charles, is there a sip of a beverage, uh, a mouthful of spirit, wine, beer, something that is the dreamiest? Well, for someone who enjoys libations as much as I do, there is no preeminent singular experience that blew my mind and changed my world that stands so far above the rest that it's like the ultimate. However, on this show, we sort of champion the fact that the topics we present, you could answer differently on any given day. And today, when I realized this question was coming, something occurred to me, and I think it was because it was a similar time of year as, as what it is now. It's very cold outside. I'm a longtime beer snob, first-time caller. <laughs> and I've been, I've been drinking the good stuff for a long time. I, I've been... I've been tapping on shelves waiting for beer to get put on them. I'm that old school, you know, like, hey, guys, uh, I don't want to drink Head Splitter anymore. This shit's terrible. Like, uh, can you get me anything else? Crown Splitter? What the fuck's Crown. it called? The Scottish Head Splitter? See, now I'm mixed it's up. The Scottish beer. I think it's Head Splitter. Whatever. It's what? terrible. <laughs> it's bad. So, you know, I remember the days where it was exotic to drink, uh, you know, Man, I'm, New, I'm well. Newcastle, Sam, Sam, like Sam Adams. Newcastle uh, not, is like oh, Sam Adams right. or uh, you must have studied in Europe. Sam oh. Adams or like Samuel Smith. Oh yeah, like oh yeah. There's not a lot of selection, and then I remember how excited I was when selection expanded because I was I'm 39 now, so I was in my probably mid 20s where things the tide started to turn a little bit. Well, I was I was chasing trucks and standing outside of stores, pretty pretty long time ago not trying to brag about it 
or anything. <laughs> However, I will say that the, I think the ultimate experience for me, and the reason I bring this all up is the ultimate experience for me when it came to my enjoyment of beer, because there's an ebb and flow when you enjoy something so much, you start to almost like hate it in spite of yourself because you're looking for something that's unattainable. And I try my best to avoid that. And it's affected my enjoyment of beer. Like I, I kind of stopped caring about world-changing and life-changing flavors because that's unattainable, right? For me, and I searched really hard for this earlier, I had a fucking glass. I had multiple glasses, but the first glass of this beer that I had, and Quam, you're going to love this answer, in 2013, March of 2013, I had a cask of Surly Abrasive at Grumpy's in Northeast Minneapolis, that was conditioned on, I believe it was whole leaf citra. And it was just like, I think that was like, that was the summit for me yep. in my adventure of beer, exotic flavors, weirdness, traveling all around the world, going to different beer festivals, judging beer. I was looking for so many things that could change my perception or like wow me. And that central experience I, I'll never forget just sitting at the table with my friends. It was a freezing cold day. It was March, but it was cold as hell. We live in Minnesota. And drinking that beer and just being like, holy fuck. Wow. This is incredible. Like, it blew my mind. What's funny is while I was looking for that, while I was looking for that, I couldn't find it. So December later that year, the first post I found referred back to it. This is in December of the same year. This is set up. So December of 2013. Seven months later. This is, I'll, I'll just read you the caption from this. Sure, it's fucking freezing outside, but I'd crab walk backwards 100 miles through shattered glass, wearing headphones, playing Nickelback's greatest hits for just one sip of cask abrasive on whole leaf citra. <laughs> <laughs> this is, wow. I found that post first because I was drinking a different oh, early beer. That's so awesome. And just like laughing about, yeah, and so... I miss the days where yeah. you could just enjoy the simplicity of yep. this this abundance of new flavors. Yep. Particularly when it came to like hoppy beer. Remember when Hop Slam made my mouth go numb? Yeah. Like, oh, this is is this safe? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> that was a long time ago. But I remember oh. that singular experience sitting at a table at Grumpy's with the famous patterns on the table and getting that pin and just being like, All right, don't call anybody else because I'm gonna finish this fucking pin. This is mine. <sighs> when you find those things Especially when they're in the wild like that, and you know it's a one-time only thing, it's so that's the closest I'll ever get to like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. I'm just like my precious, I have, yeah. I have to have all of it, right? And it's tough when you know that you're not going to have it again. But when it's that fucking good, it's right. one of the. I just keep trying to tell myself, just be in the moment and enjoy it while it's here. It's experiential. We Think always say that it. here too. Yep. Is that like the experience means so much? And on any given day, I could, I could give another answer, like. I've referred to this multiple times on the show, like a fucking asshole, but having Yamasaki 25 at the French Laundry, that's not, that's nothing to sneeze at, right? Like, of course that ranks Great right whiskey, up there. But then you put it where it is and who you're with, and then it's just... Yeah, otherworldly experience. Like and experience. I'm, I'm fortunate to have had so many experiences like that. I think we all have, and that's, it's wonderful to be able to refer back to them. And it's also, Quam, to, to speak to what you were saying if you invest in an, an opportunity or an experience in the time, in the moment that you do it, it can seem irresponsible. Years down the road, if you, if you made it out unscathed, 
Yeah. You know, you're, you're still doing okay. You're not going to be like, damn, I wish I still had that 60 bucks that I used to get the ER-23 mm-hmm. when I was in Chicago at the Publican. Well, but even, you know, Melly bringing it back to, like, what you do for a living, like, looking at your portfolio, the difference between, like, the entry level and the next level up and the next level up, it's not that crazy. No. And so if you, if you like Maker's Mark, experiment a little bit and try some of the really cool, like, stave shit that you guys are doing. I mean... Do you want to talk to that at all about like maybe spending a little bit more money and investing a little bit more to have a little bit more like original experience? I mean, is exactly. I'm sure uh, that's like the theory that. No, it is. It's because Maker's Mark has been around obviously for many years, and they've done one thing well, and it's making one product, and then they've moved on, made Maker's Forty Six, and then they went on from that to doing the Maker's Mark Private Select, where it's like Maker's Forty Six. You pop open a, a barrel of make of cask strength makers, and you pick. There's five different staves right now. You throw ten of them in there. You pick your combination. You kind of try it out, and you put it in there for six more weeks, and and there's your new barrel of makers. It has a completely different flavor, completely different, you know, just roundabout thing. We've had a lot of accounts do that here. Uh, it's a lot more expensive, but. In the end, it's just so much more like you make it your own. And, yeah. and I think that's the beauty of it. And that is, it's going like, to kind of like turn into my, the first time I went to Maker's Mark. I've been drinking Maker's Mark before I even worked for this company. And just being able to try those spirits, like the low wine, the high wine, just trying the mash, like straight out of everything. Just every step into the process of making whiskey. I thought that was the coolest thing. And I think that was like one of the experiences that just kind of like, Especially made me love this job and, you know, trying Knob Creek straight out of the barrel, like 132 proof. It's just at 10 in the morning and you're like, I am still drunk and not awake yet. (laughs) But it's just one of those things where it's just I love everything about bourbon and it just made me love it even more just working for this company. It's pretty cool. We did a we did. um, I had one of those barrels of the the private select uh, thanks to you and we did like a sort of a blind testing. We went through like a bunch of local stuff, a bunch of international stuff, went all the way down. And I, I loved when we got to the private select, everybody shut the fuck up. Everybody took a sip. And then it was the first time that nobody had talked for a little bit. We all just sat there and, and sat on it. And that really, to me, that's the thing that I love is how you can sort of shape and move it as it goes. Yeah. And to anybody out there that like kind of likes whiskey, but doesn't really get it, um, or, or everything that goes into it, maybe. Um, if you go on YouTube and you look up, look up videos of how the, the process goes. Like, anybody can read an article with a lot of jargon about, you know, you, you take the mash and you do this and the, this temperature and we pull it. You're talking about barrel picking? Or? I'm, no, I'm talking about just the making of whiskey and then barrel picking on top sure. of that. I love the fact that it's all made by hand. I love the fact that it's all, yeah. like, everything is moved... I'm always floored at you want to believe that it's like, you know, some sort of like Walmart super center, but it's not, you know, it's, it's all old buildings with the most amazing smells coming out of them. And it's all wood. Yeah. (laughs) It's wood that was shaped by hand and bent by hand. And the amount of like, just watching a Cooper work to make a barrel. Like it's, it blows me away. The first time that I actually saw how they char the inside of the barrels, I could have heard 10 people tell me that for 10 straight days. I wouldn't have understood it until I saw a motherfucker on on a a staircase with a flamethrower, like burning some shit. Like the, the, 
every sip of whiskey that you take, much like a lot of other spirits, much like sake, you're only a couple steps away from the hands that made that. And that sort of connection back to where it comes from, to me, is kind of the beauty of it. 100%. But. I agree. I think it's, yeah, it's one of the coolest things. Like, I bring accounts down to Kentucky, and I think that's when it, like, completely changes their, you know, they've they've had it. They've drank it, like you said. They But mm. they can see every part of it. They see the people who are doing it. They meet them. They shake their hands. They try every part of, you know like the yeast in Maker's Mark. They used to let you try the actual strain of That's yeast. wild. It's fucking amazing. <laughs> like, it's in a refrigerator and a little thing, and they just have this little mm. contraption, and you're like, what? I can try this? Uh, but it's just, it was it was such a cool experience, and yeah, I, it is about the experience. I agree with you on that. Well, to enjoy this ex- experience immensely yes. with the two of you, cheers. Cheers. And cheers to all of our listeners out there. We love you. I've been invited on barrel picking expeditions, but I as yet have not gone. So that's that's high on the list for all the things that I want to do when the world is normal again. Probably do that. So if everybody out there wants to uh, like and subscribe and give us a review, maybe we'll get big enough that we get flown down and we get to do a podcast pick. Does anyone have a plane? (laughs) Pod pick. Pod pick. My phone number is (laughs) Uh, Charles. You want to bring us home with the final Q of the E? Yeah, let's get weird. So my wife and I just watched a movie over all Valentine's weekend. Uh, it where took you that long? What's up? It took you that long? The whole weekend really to watch movie. a movie? Yeah, it was 37 hours long. Jeez. So this dude's able to travel back in time within the confines of his own life. Oh. It was Click starring Adam Sandler. I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't remember the name. It, it actually wasn't. It wasn't very good. But just the concept of it, it, it occurred to me yeah. that maybe this could be a question for, for our humble program. So he's able to travel back in time in his own life only. He could either just experience something again or could change something about his own life. If you could travel back in time in your own personal history, where would you go and what would you do? And just bear in mind the fact that it, it doesn't mean it's the only place you could go. It just sure. means it's the first place. Where's the first place you could go if you could travel back through the trajectory of your history in life? Can I ask one clarifying question? Can okay. you, if you go back to experience something, you can't change it though. It has yes. to be exactly the way that it went down. Well, you can personally change it because oh. you you are yourself. Okay. Do you in go this, back at that age that you were, or yes. are you at the age you are? Okay. Yeah, in this okay. mediocre movie, the guy is able to travel back to any point in his life, and he is himself, and he's able to modify his current life based on his experiences. Shit. In his prior experiences. Oh shit! Oh shit! I'll give. Oh, shit. Let me let me answer because my answer is yes. When Marty and I, so when Marty and I were watching the movie, my answer I was like because I said to her like where would you go and she's like I don't know and then I was like wow it's Valentine's weekend I can't believe it because I would go to our wedding <laughs> <laughs> and change it <laughs> which is only yeah it's totally just change it no yeah so uh, we got married in July of 2019 it yeah. wasn't that long ago but guess what we can't be around our people anymore. And for me as an individual, almost nothing is more valuable to me than being around the people that I love and really being around as many of them as possible. I still have a birthday party every year. I'm 39. Obviously, last year I didn't have one. Prior to that, Butcher and the Boar, the last, you know, the seven years prior, eight years prior to that, I'd have a big party and I'd invite everybody I know 
just to get as many people that I love in the same place at once to drink whiskey and beer and smoke cigars and eat good food and like hug and laugh and smile. And they had the beautiful outdoor indoor outdoor patio. So that, that to me, like our wedding was crucial in that regard. We had 200 of our closest friends and family all in the same place drinking incredible cocktails and whiskey and smoking cigars and eating food and laughing and smiling it wasn't about us like it was it was never my wedding was never about me or yeah you weren't the spotlight you didn't want to yeah we just wanted to have we wanted to have like a big beautiful cocktail party we just wanted all our friends around us and you know (laughs) essentially say hey you know us you You love us us. we know us we love us let's all rejoice in the fact that uh you know we're 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 creating this this legal union and so that would be that'd be the first place i would go especially modern times in in the time that we're living in just to be able to turn back the tape and and spend that day again i won't be one of those people that says that i didn't properly spend the time or that it went too fast i was very cognizant of how i spent my time didn't look at my phone a single fucking time. It was put away. I wore a real watch, not my Apple watch. And I just soaked in every ounce and second. And we've talked about this, you know, being an event organizer. Yeah, Yeah, certainly I had a couple moments where I was like, how come that, you know, that sparkling wine is not on the rocks? How come the cigars are not out? But that's those were minor quibbles amidst a, a long day, like ten hours of just like yeah. pure fucking jubilation. And I would love to experience that again, especially right now, just to be around all my people. Fuck yeah! You know, I sit across, I sit, I sit fifteen away from fifteen feet away from Quam once a week, and I can't hug him. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I could hug him that day. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even oh, something as simple as that. It is so simple. I, I was going there too. I would go back to when my grandparents were alive. I have a huge Italian family, and we'd get together every holiday, every Labor Day. We'd have a bocce tournament. So cheesy, but it's just so amazing. And just to be yeah. able to be back with them. We didn't have Christmas for the first time, and there's usually 80 to 120 people, depending on children and who's in town. Um, just to be back with you know my grandparents alive. They're just they were the greatest people that. I've known they just taught me and my family so much and it's like you talk to any of my cousins I have 26 cousins good lord I know they like to produce the children and the catholic <laughs> families uh but it was just the family I mean we're so close like it didn't matter how tiny of a room it would we would still if we were in this hall right here we the cousins would all be over here just <laughs> sitting on each other talking to each other it's just it's such a great thing that they built for our family and we're so lucky can i ask a question about that yeah which one of your grandparents was like the bocce hustler because usually if there's a game that progresses <laughs> oh, yeah. through everybody it's because one of the two of them was really fucking good at it that was my grandpa 100 <laughs> percent. like we have pictures of him we called him Gra- grandpa he had a coconut hanging up and we call him grandpa coconut because of that and so now we do we have had a bocce tournament the george huss memorial bocce tournament grandpa coconut and he had a cubs oh. he had a cub sweatshirt 
So old and raggedy, a hat, and then we still have the coconut. So whoever oh wins God. that, and then we put a little name on the trophy. So it's it's things like that, the traditions Dope. that go I don't on. Know him, I know, but I love him. Oh like, my God, he not? was just a giant German man with red hair, just loud and just boisterous, and just the best thing ever. Oh my God, he was fucking amazing. One more grandparent question: Did either one of them have like a go-to old person joke? Because I feel like everybody oh. of that era had, like, a one-liner. Mm. Or, no, he just or, would call me a big, dumb kid. He called us all <laughs> big, dumb kids. He'd be like, you guys are all big, dumb kids. Get out of here. Just, and it was just, it was just love. I mean, You'd probably we, drink moonshine with Montgomery Gentry in an elevator. Yeah, Floaties or no. He'd probably be like, what? Who? What are you saying? What is huh? that? No, they're just, it's just, I would definitely go back to that time where it's just, everybody was just. It was just a lighter time. I mean, like you said, it's just been a year where we can't see people, we can't hug people, and just remembering who we, who we are, who we, where we came from, who we love. Just got to keep that in mind, and that'll get us through. Fuck yeah. We got to make it somehow. I know. Ugh. I think, uh, I mean, it's hard for me not to say a bunch of concerts that... Right. I maybe didn't understand how it's much... It's first destination. It's well, destination number one. Yeah, well, that was the first... The first couple thoughts were like, oh, fuck. Like, it can be frivolous. No, but... It can be the Akon concert. No, you can a, laugh no, at no, that. No, Unless it's, you know... No, I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> if, if I'm allowed to change something, um, I missed... Oh. I, I missed slightly. I whiffed on my first kiss. And I hate... I hate thinking about it. I, to this day... You, your face is missed? I still... No, uh, was it I like didn't... this? Because we had... <laughs> no, because we had done... We had done the... Like... Oh, okay. Oh, 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 that's naughty. And uh, hey, how old were you at this point? Uh, we were we were both ninth grade. We were both freshmen. Okay, because you're making it seem like and you were like four. I know. No. Well, <laughs> it's like, what is wrong with you? Well, because it was like it was it was a, like it started pretty innocent. You mm-hmm. know, like neither one of us had dated anybody before or, or really done it. Like I had kissed girls at like the spin the bottle shit. Quam, I, like, just, I, I want you to, <laughs> I want you to really frame this up. You're saying you go back in time and kiss a 14 year old. <laughs> you said I could be the same age. You said right, I could be the but, same but age. You still be you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, no, I just like, I've always hated the fact that like what's supposed to be like this. So you, you would change because it would change. Yeah. Because, because okay. I, so what happened was we, we both, we were we lived close enough to school that we both walked like obviously we couldn't drive so we both walked and it was the same direction for half of the trip and then she went left and i went right yeah and then we both walked God, home. remember when kids walked to school right <laughs> and you know it was like we would hold hands and then it was like a quick peck and boom and a quick later peck. yep and uh like you know it had been a couple weeks and honestly like i mean she to this day she's still a great human being like She's a dope human, and I'm super glad that that was my first girlfriend because that was also my first love and my first everything. Oh. Uh, but um, we, were, we were at the corner that we always... And then leave. And uh, I went for the pack, and she came for, like, the, the French kiss. She went for the full Monty, you know. And oh I, had, I had closed my eyes, so I didn't see that she was coming in with the, the, the open mouth. And so she ended up sort of... Like putting her lips all the way around Over the entire area of mm. my mouth, and then I I backed away because I was like, wait, what just happened? And then she was like, oh my god, did you not want to? Oh shit! Like, did I screw up? And the only thing I could think of was like, oh, some of your hair got in my mouth. Sorry. Pull things out that aren't there. Oh mm. man! Yeah. And then we kissed. 
And that's exactly where it ends, folks. Thank you so much for being here. And then she disintegrated it by. Your computer just dunked on you, dude. Uh, we've had some pretty legendary dunks from the, from the timer, but that's, that's <laughs> that one fucking, was key. Well, that's pretty. Um, and you know, like obviously, it was fine after that. And I think, I mean, she. There's no way she listens to this, uh, but I think to this day she believed my story that like I just had some hair. Like there we go. Um, but that was like the that was also like the little wall that got broken down. That like oh. There's a there's a physical side to this. Like I knew how great I felt standing next to this amazing woman, but then like then physical stuff starts happening and then it was like, "Oh my god." And that that's that's a branch on my fucking tree, you know? And I I hate the fact that like the start of all of that was such a fucking fumble cuz I wasn't paying attention and I can't read signs at all. Um Yeah, I'm that's a fucking amazing. I'm still to this day like None of that should anybody listening matter. that knows this or that knows me should also not be surprised by that at all. Like I have an incredible, I love it. Like in giant crowds, I can be as smooth and as easygoing as possible. I cannot imagine how many times I've fucked up moments like that in my life because I overthink everything and then you know whatever. But like that would be if I could go back and change something, that would be it. If I could go back and just experience one thing again, now knowing what I know, hands down, it would yeah, be... you have to be a first... Your, where's the first place you would go? The would first place that? I would go... No, the first place that I would go, 100%, would be to go back in time to when uh, Foo Fighters played at First Ave with no opening band. They Ooh. called 93X that morning and said that they're going to play that night. And if you can get tickets, cool. My friend literally walked off his job and was like, I don't even care if I don't work tomorrow or ever again. I'm going to get these tickets. We went to the show, and um, that was the first night they played Darling Nikki live. And uh, they played um, Husker Du's I'm Never Talking to You Again. And Grant Hart, in the middle of the song, ran up on stage and sang the harmonies and then ran off stage and left. And I didn't give a fuck about Husker Du at that time. And I fucking hate myself for not understanding how incredible that moment was. Because Dave Grohl was speechless afterwards. And all he could say was, I don't know how many of you understand what just fucking happened, but this is the greatest moment of my life, and you guys just got Damn. to see it. And I didn't get it because, at best, I listened to Sugar at that point. I, didn't, I hadn't figured out all of the greatness of the Minneapolis music scene and what was going on. Like, I just wasn't there yet. And I, like... For a band and a group that means so much to me now, both Husker Du and everything they did individually and the Foo Fighters, the fact that I got to see all of that happen at the same time, but I was too young to understand how fucking amazing it was. Like, it was cool, don't get me wrong, but it was cool because of how blown away Dave Grohl was. I didn't understand what the fuck I just saw and how much that meant to me. So that would be the first moment that I would want to go back and experience again because now I'd probably just stand there and cry. Like, I'd be a creepy old guy with just tears <laughs> coming, like big boy tears just coming straight down the middle of my eyes. Just standing there like this. Yeah, exactly. Or I'd push Arms myself closer. Because yes. I'm pretty sure yeah. for half that song I was trying to get a beer. And, yeah. That's, sure. Isn't it funny how that happens where we can't live in the moment? No. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I have many such examples of a similar thing. I'll just say, like, 
I watched uh, Brian Pillman, famous pro wrestler, in his last match at a house show against Goldust in Minneapolis, and he died wow. that night. And at the time, it was just a match. But seeing him perform for the last time, I think I would look at that under a different lens. Melly, do you have any examples of like something like maybe a show, a well, concert I mean, where no. you would? You, have, but you, you also kind of you also kind of started it on that of like mm-hmm. that was a moment that you can't get back because right. they're gone and that like fuck man that sucks. No, I know it sucks. I mean, there's so many concerts that I would go back to just because it's you know I remember I think it was just. I don't even know how old I was when, like, Green Day played at First Ave. It was one of those Mm -hmm. concerts where I was like, again, I didn't know to appreciate it at the time where I'm just like, this is pretty cool. This is a great venue. I'm in Minneapolis. Oh, my God. I can't believe I'm here. And it's just shit like that where you're just like a dumb shit teenager where you're like, cool, this is this is great. Not saying that I'm a huge Green Day fan, but But I do enjoy them. Also, that album... I mean, that was that was ubiquitous. If you're of a certain age, like, that album is just part of your fabric. It doesn't right. matter if you liked it or not. Like, yeah, I didn't that was care for them, but it was just... This is going to be a cheesy absolutely. one, but I got tickets to Adele when she was supposed to play at First Ave. Wow. Back before she um, got big, and then they were like, sorry, she's sick and has to have surgery, and now we're going to have it at the Excel Center. <laughs> but I was still, like, first row there. And it was just, like, one of those things where you're just like... Damn. The first time I saw her, I wasn't going to actually see her because she was. I went to see James Morrison, who was opening up for Who's her. Who's the shit? Like, his and voice is ridiculous. 100%. And Tom Martins, who worked for the record label, was like, no, you are fucking staying. She is going to be the next big thing. And I'm like, fine, whatever. <laughs> she comes out in her, like, bare feet, just, like, bubbly as ever, like, ah, la, 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 and doing her thing. And then she fucking sings. And I was like, okay, then. I'll. Okay, I'm in. I am a hundred percent in. I've never seen her live. I, is she that she's, powerful? She live? is. She is phenomenal, and I think it's changed a lot since she's become like a lot bigger. You know, I've seen like you probably have too. Seen so many people before they've become big. I saw Lady Gaga at Fine Line. I saw <laughs> Maroon Five at Fine Line. Like things like that, where it's like you see these people when they just are starting out, and they're just a completely different person and you know asking for their floors to be mopped before they walk on it but things like (laughs) things like that but it's i i just would go back to those times when you see the person for the first time and you're just like take it all in and you're just like you yes i i I gotta throw one i gotta throw one more out uh this just popped into my brain i was um i was talking with fingers crossed future guest on the podcast uh brian oak uh, we were going don't to, let him on this I show. Have to let him on this show. <laughs> I love him. Can I be here? He was my, he was my fifteen my fifteenth birthday present from my dad. That sounds really creepy. I, know. I don't even want to know what that means. That was that was what my dad got me that year. I'm was, giving a bonus was, shot. This is no okay. surprise. <laughs> this is your fault, Quam. Will you will you pass that over? Um, you doubled up two questions. We have to do a bonus shot. That's fair. Um, uh, the the. Um, the show we were talking about, it was uh, Edge Capades in 1995. The fucking bill was... This is, this is a single concert. The bill was um, Lisa Loeb. This is, again, oh, mid-90s. This is Lisa Loeb. Delam- Lisa Loeb, Delamitri, the Goo Goo Dolls. No yeah, the Goo Goo oh Dolls, Meat Puppets, the Toadies, and Oasis. All played the same show. Shut 
What? You know what? You know what band I didn't fucking pay attention to? Mid '90s dream right there. Oasis. Oasis. I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. I literally a friend (laughs) of mine a friend of mine had snuck in a plastic fifth, Mm -hmm. like in his sock, and we were we were in line. We we got Pepsi's. Because I think it was a Pepsi bar at the, or a, a stadium at the time, and we literally made half and halves, and then we sucked them down so that we could get like hammered. Hammered. I, I remember hearing a couple songs. I remember thinking it was so weird how Liam stood with his hands all the way back, like leaning into the microphone. <laughs> oh okay. But all I remember thinking was like, it's just so loud and distorted. It was just this, like new version of like the Phil Spector wall of noise. And I was like, how can you even hear what anybody's doing? Like, and he's just whining like, and then in between every song, he was just like cussing in super hammered, uh, British slang or Cockney slang. But, um, when Delamitri played, they put Delamitri between meat puppets and the toadies and, um, everyone pelted them with toilet paper. (laughs) And, uh, I found out years later I think it was Liam Gallagher that actually started that because a couple of my friends were nearby where, where it started happening and they were like, yeah, this fucking drunk dude just started yelling, fuck you, you fucking Scottish cunts. <laughs> and then toilet paper started flying and they were trying to figure out, cause in the bathrooms, it's those giant rolls right. and these were regular rolls coming out. So they think that, that Liam looted the fucking green room and gave everybody around him toilet paper. And then people ran into the actual bathrooms and were pulling off the big oh, fucking no. Flintstone wheels and throwing them at the stage. And Delamitri pulled their set early because of it. I hadn't thought about that in forever. And Brian Oak was like, why the fuck do I like the toadies? How, do, how, how would I know them? <laughs> and I remember that we had talked about being, yeah. or being, we had been at that show together. And I was like, I don't know, maybe it's this. And then we started going back and forth. I'm like, oh, my God, that was such a weird show. So weird. And also, Lisa Loeb was the hottest woman I had ever seen at that time. To Lisa that Loeb. Note, to Lisa Loeb. <laughs> to Lisa Loeb. We're going to roll out to Wonderwall after this or what? <laughs> this is probably a lot of concerts where I didn't realize the gravity of what I was observing. Isn't that the worst? Like seeing exactly. Lane Staley perform. Uh, there's a lot oh, of things like that. I'm so jealous of that. I think if I went back to one concert, though, now you can call me corny if you want, but I surprised Marnie with tickets to see Nora Jones, and it was third wow. row. Sweet. And I remember her just being like, wow, I, you don't care about this music at all, but just me being like, yeah, it's not about the music. You know? you. But I still loved it. Yeah. She's incredibly talented, so I enjoyed it for what it was. But that's like, I, I just remember how great I felt knowing how great she felt seeing Nora Jones. And I can't remember if she ever saw her live, but she loves Nora Jones. And I managed to get these fucking incredible seats. That's it. And, I, and, and my lie to her all along was that I was making her come with me to a death metal concert because I <laughs> love death metal. <laughs> and so it was, she, was, she knew that wasn't true. She's just like, all right, dude. And then we were at... God, I remember the theater. This isn't that long ago. This is like three years ago. I think it was at the U, like a uh, big... Northrop? Might have been... Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Maybe it was Northrop. But, I, of course, as we're walking up, she's like, what? She might have known at that time. <laughs> this isn't definitely. And we went in, and it was like perfect timing. Like, she was about to perform. Oh, man. It's perfect timing. There's, you've, you've talked about it before. Mm. Like, when you really love to give gifts, there's like, that just takes whatever it is. 
to a different level when you know that you, you actually got it right. And you get to see their face. Yeah, and every then, gift like, is self-gifting to me because I just love yeah. like, making it is people so much happy. That way. Right? Yeah. I agree. Like even when you just give somebody like some food that you made. Going yeah. back to like the first question we were right. talking about, you're like when you give your friends you're like sauce and, and meatballs, sauce like sauce and meatballs. So oh, they're not gonna be like, yeah. I'm like, hey, can I drop this off for you? I got some balls. <laughs> <for> okay, you. <laughs> I got some balls. You having a surgery? I got some balls. Say hello to your mother for me. <laughs> Hey, it's a good thing. Someone dies, he gets some balls. He has some balls for <laughs> Surgery? Balls. Because we're old now. Everybody gets a surgery. You got a hip replacement? Okay. Here you go. Balls for you. Balls. Balls. Yes, some balls. Well, I feel, like, I feel like balls is a great way for us to sign off on this episode. Bahamas uh, balls. Melly, thank you so much for being here. Thank uh, you. Is there any, any pluggables you want to plug? Any, anything that you want to shout out or, or social medias you want to call out? Uh, I'm Melly Matilda on Instagram. And, and your dogs are the fucking cutest. My dogs are the cutest. Penelope oh. and Gus, shout out to them. One Penelope. of them probably is cuddling mm. with the other right now. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, it's been awesome. Thank you. Mr. Charles Awad. Love it. Uh, it came from the sea Ooh-ha. on the grams. Ooh-ha. And email me at Charles at Libations for Everyone. Ooh. Love and hate mail. It's okay. It's cool. If you hated I read this it episode. Maybe I read both. It all. <laughs> I, I'm just being wrecked recently. Just kidding. No, no one really emails me that much. But <laughs> you can if you'd like. Uh, I, had another, I had another fun interaction with the other Ben Quam from Minnesota. So oh, I, I will once again remind everybody, uh, if you're looking for me, look for the communist. Yeah. <laughs> you'll, you'll find me. Mm-hmm. Other Ben Quam, very kind human being. Love him. Thinks the same way I do about politics. Uh, but... Don't much, harass, don't much harass him. Qualm? Don't, yeah, much tinier Quam? Yeah, much thinner Quam. But don't press him on, on, on libations and whiskeys. Leave him <laughs> alone. Go, go, go at me for that. <laughs> so uh, love to everybody out there, and uh, we'll see you again soon. Wherever you are, whether it's Texas, Florida, Minnesota, or Winnipeg, stay warm. Oh, yeah, we're getting into that good stuff. <laughs> Bye. Bye.